So I was just uh, perusing updated Super Bowl odds at Superbook. Yeah, favor, bring that down a little bit if you don't mind, Ryan. Thank you, pal. Um, I happen to notice that the Baltimore Ravens are still only the fourth favorite to win the Super Bowl at 8-1. to Just despite the fact that, uh, as Aaron Schatz said this morning... Somebody told, turn my headphones up, I think is what happened. Can you turn my, uh, I'm the, fir- the first one. Just slightly, just slightly. Not a ton, just a little bit. No, other way, uh, down, down. In it. Yeah, yeah th- th- that's too much. That Now we've gone too far. We need to find a sweet spot right in there. Yeah, you don't always have to effort hard, but in fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to make a little love. Give her some smooches, too. So I'm, um... I saw this from Aaron Schatz this morning, who I've known for forever, but only recently told me his last name isn't Schatz. Aaron Schatz tweets out the following. I think we've been talking about the Baltimore Ravens and DVOA all season long, but here, this is wild. Good morning. The Baltimore Ravens are now the number three team ever tracked by DVOA through nine games. The only teams through nine games that were better DVOA-wise than the 2023 Baltimore Ravens are the 2007 New England Patriots, who, if you'll remember, didn't lose a game until the Super Bowl, although they did lose the Super Bowl. And, of course, the 1991 Washington artist, then known as the Redskins, who won the Super Bowl with Mark Rippon as their quarterback. If you're feeling something feeling something at all and thinking man the, the Ravens seem pretty good you can get them right now at 8-1 to win the Super Bowl at Superbook.com download the Superbook app use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up and you will receive up to $250 in a same day first bet match win or lose from Superbook for the record they are the second favorite in the AFC four, plus 450 to win the AFC they are the Chiefs are plus 450, the favorites to win the Super Bowl. The Eagles five to one. The 49ers still six to one somehow, and then the Ravens at eight to one according to SuperBook. Lot to do on the program today. Coming up, we will talk to uh, our friend Anthony Mitchell, of course, former Ravens safety and special teams ace. His son, Keaton, with a marvelous breakthrough game yesterday. We'll catch up with uh, Anthony to talk about what that meant to him. Apparently, it was uh, Keaton's mom's birthday, and it was a very special thing for the whole family. Anthony was here for the like the, the Terrell Suggs Ring of Honor game, but apparently wasn't here yesterday. So that's a bummer. <laughs> that's a real, real bummer that it worked out that way. But we'll talk to him a little bit. Uh, also this morning, uh, we'll get some thoughts from uh, former NFL head coach Jay Gruden. Yes, Jay Gruden, not John Gruden. Jay Gruden will join us this morning. And uh, Sherry Burris from the NFL Network, who was uh, working the game yesterday. And, uh, of course, it's Monday, so we will catch up with Jeremy Kahn. Plus, we'll dish out some pats on the ass. Get me yours. Not, they're not rolling in the way that they normally do. I don't know what's going on. Normally on a victory Monday, pats on the ass start rolling in. I don't know if you guys are just... Uh, were you all in the hospital this weekend or something? Were you all uh, dealt with dealing with kidney stones? Yes, Ryan. Does everyone know about that situation? Um, I don't know, but we'll talk about it at some point. I have no doubt. I think that I don't think I'm the lead story. I think the Ravens' performance is the lead story. Um, although I am drinking water for those of you that are concerned. I brought in my giant Stevenson University water bottle. So Repping the team. Yeah, uh, my friend Lisa LeBrecht gave me this uh, water bottle. 
and I enjoy. It's my favorite water bottle. Now everybody tells me I need to get one that like you weren't drinking it before Saturday though. No, right? I wasn't Apparently. drinking it during the day. That's my issue. Oh. My issue is drinking water during the day when I'm here. When I'm here, I just work pretty much, right? right? Like I just work. I don't straight shoot. I'm terrible at it. I know you all are gonna judge. All right, if you didn't see, I had a kidney stone. Second time in my life. It sucks. Everybody always says it's the worst pain in the world. It is. Trust me. When women say I'd rather I'd rather go through childbirth again than go through another kidney stone, although Rita disagreed. Rita uh, told me that she thought the pain of childbirth was worse. But many women will tell you the opposite. When I'm in the ER on Saturday, th- this was an ex- a humorous exchange. As I was in the ER on Saturday, and the girl in the ER was like, "All right, so it's not it's not a big kidney stone," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> she was like, "Oh no no, it, the size of it doesn't really impact the pain." Like bet. The, the pain, the, the the way she explained it was, she's like, the pain is when it moves, like when it's moving to, I guess, your urethra in order to pass it. No matter how big it is, that's where the pain comes from. And I was like, okay, whatever. She said, don't, 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 like, I, don't feel bad. <laughs> Makes all the sense in the world that you were in the pain that you were in. Then she said, uh, we had an army vet in a couple weeks ago who told me that he had been shot in the back. And he said the pain of his kidney stone was worse than that. And I believe him. Not that I ever want to know what the pain of being shot in the back is like. I would prefer to not go through that. Or the childbirth thing? Uh, I I watched it. (laughs) Up close, in person. I believe it. I've seen some things. Came out on the other side. But, yeah, had a, a rough weekend. Uh, I was on my way to call a football game at Stevenson. Thanks to my pal Gary Stein who came in. I, I know this is a broadcaster being asked to pinch hit at the very last second when you have not been able to prep for a game is very difficult. But Gary Stein, a friend and a good man, uh, came over and did that for me. And I spent my Saturday. I've got a lot of thoughts about the American medical system. I'll save those for another day. But I appreciate the science and I appreciate the wonderful people that are involved as I made two stops, one at the like an urgent care facility and then the emergency room, and everyone I came across was phenomenal. And I am I'm grateful and the Northwest Hospital folks, thanks to them. They were all great. I I, I roll my eyes at a lot of the uh, bureaucracy, but the people and the science I do not roll my eyes at. I am grateful for all of them. The moment that they shot that tour at all in my arm, Oh, boy, all's good then. In fact, I was ready to leave. They wouldn't let me. I understand, but I was ready to go. I was like, I can still make it out tonight. They were like, really? That's what you're worried about? I was too groggy. The drugs the drugs got to me. I forgot the drugs today. Now, I, I, to my knowledge, I have not passed the stone yet. So that could happen live. And if it does, I'll do my best to call in. <laughs> from the bathroom and let you know how it's going do we have to move all the equipment like into the bathroom no, with not you? all i can i can this is the magic of i can just call or i could honestly i could uh zoom i could uh i could take zoom with me into the bathroom this morning so you guys could know what it's like should i tell jay gruden that you're doing the zoom call yeah, from the right. bathroom <laughs> pass it along so yeah yeah it was uh, a unpleasant weekend for me. i was supposed to be up at my friend's 40th birthday party up in punxsutawney i feel really bad about that it just uh, it's what it is it's what i was supposed to be at uh, i i i could have been i had to cancel my uh, monthly trip to helping up mission i was like i can do that next week maybe but a lot of things that i could have been doing this weekend but instead laid up 
laid up. Let me tell you who's not concerned about the fact that you spent time in the hospital. Your two sons. Not They're concerned, but only as much as like making sure that you're alive. Like they got home and they were like, Dad, are you okay? And then five minutes later, it was, please go wrestle with us. They're hitting you in your kidneys? Like, guys, dad's been through a couple of things today. Not a concern to them. They're just trying to help you pass it. Not a concern. It is time to go play football. Not there. They can see all the bandages on you from where they had the IV hooked up. They saw the pictures on Facebook. They don't care. Not a concern. If you're alive, stupid, then it's time for you to go out and play with us. That's the way the world works. And so I did, and that probably wasn't the smartest thing in the world, but, you know, it's what it is. Yeah, I right. saw your picture of them exercising at 11.30 last night. Hey, man. Well, I didn't, they weren't, it wasn't 11.30 last night. That's when you posted it. Yeah, I, dude, that's, you have two kids, okay? All you people that post pictures whenever things are happening, yeah, the rest of us have things going on. <laughs> God. Yeah, we had a fun day yesterday. Fun day. I did get on the bike, though. I was like, I need to move. I need to. I've been doing too much laying around. I need to move. So I did get on the bike, which is a good thing. All right. Um, here's the deal. Ravens win. What do we make of it? Appreciate those of you who joined the Project Game Day postgame show yesterday. It's brought to you by AJ Michael, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Every game day this season, myself, Rita, Femi Ion Bedejo with you immediately following Ravens games at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Thanks to you for hanging out with us yesterday. Um, I, I'm, I'm in this weird place because... Some of the things that I want to say are obvious, right? Like, there are things like, wow, the Ravens have played really well their last two home games against what we thought were pretty good NFC teams. That's obvious. There's the follow-up, which is, is it weird that it's NFC teams? Is it weird that, like, you know, this Lamar Jackson thing, this 18-1 against NFC teams? Is it an anomaly? Is it... Is it Lamar Jackson is just really good? It happens to be that he's beaten NFC teams. He's beaten a lot of AFC teams, too. He just doesn't play. I, I don't know. I don't think there's any possible way. And no matter how many times you ask people, and we'll continue to do it, I'll bring it up with Jay Gruden today, I, you're not going to get a definitive answer. There's no way of knowing what the level of advantage is for the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson when they face a team. I don't really even know that yesterday the story was about Lamar Jackson. Although it helps, right? And I know that that was something a couple of the Seahawks players talked about. It certainly helps. I'm trying to remember, maybe it was Leonard Williams. Somebody said something like, you just don't know what they're doing in the run game. There's no way to know. And certainly part of that is the presence of Lamar Jackson. But on top of that, the question becomes, does this just go back in the next two weeks, the Ravens face two division opponents? Is this just who the Ravens are? are? Are we at the point where their performance will just translate right back to whoever it is they're playing against? I, I don't know. It doesn't change what they are at the moment, but I can't predict the future, believe it or not, neither can anybody else. Although I did go 8-1 and one in picks this weekend. We'll get back to that. Humble brag. 
A lot of people died. I was feeling really good about it. I'm like, I went eight and one. I looked down. Two other people went eight and one, too. Apparently, just, just don't go on Twitter about it and boast about it because then you'll have a Griffin well, weekend. Yeah, apparently, Griffin and I picked all the games the exact same way. I got some questions about whether or not his picks were based on what my picks were. Got some questions about that. He might have to start sending somebody else picks. Guy that was worst in the league all of a sudden has an eight and one week, huh? Huh? Got some questions. And it was the exact same picks as your boys. Do we have like a Jim Harbaugh stealing? I don't know. <laughs> stealing picks? Don't know. Don't know. Um, I can't see the future. I don't know if it translates. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I, I don't know what to say other than enjoy it. Are they the best team in the NFL right now? Some people think so. DVOA says so. Is that provable? No. No, no one would. Also, does it matter? Does it matter? I mean, Kurt, Kurt Benker gets to pick the Super Bowl right, winner. Your guy. Um, imagine how stupid it would be if you were to give out a championship in the middle of the season, right? Like you were to like change the floors that you play on and just give out some cockamamie championship in the middle of the year. That would be really stupid. But so they don't do that in the NFL, thankfully. <laughs> don't give Roger any ideas. Um, yeah, I mean, it, would, it wouldn't be impossible to think that they could try to. I mean, nobody cares in the NBA, so I don't know that there is the Jane from it. But yeah, sure, maybe. Um, the moral of the story being, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for the best team in football. So when I say I can't answer the question, it, what I'm really saying is they might be. I just don't care. DVOA says they are, and DVOA is the closest thing we have to a definitive look at who the best teams in football are. So sure, the Ravens are the best team in the NFL today. So what does that get you? That and a dollar, you'll have a dollar. And that's the reality of it. it. It's it's going to pass the time for us this week. Don't get me wrong. I'm in the content business, too. It will come up. I will ask people their opinion about the subject, but I know damn well that the answer is irrelevant. It doesn't matter who the best team in the NFL is today. But it does fortify the belief that there's something here, that this team has a chance to do something special. It, it backs that up for sure. It continues to make us believe that we could be watching a Super Bowl team. I am, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, it, it's a weird feeling. Let's do later, Ryan. Let's do that. That'd be better. Um, it's a weird feeling. It's a... It, it feels like I should be celebrating, right? Like, that's what I should be doing. But I appreciate how many Ravens players continue to try to downplay it. It's just one win. Coming today at PressBoxOnline.com. I'm going to do my first half superlatives. It's, it's We do it all, you know, we've reached officially the halfway point of the season. It's actually technically past the halfway point of the season, but if you want to include the bye week, then, you know, from a time standpoint, it's the halfway point of the season. Um, So I did my first half superlatives, and I, I did the same thing, literally. I, I copy and paste the same superlatives that I did for the first half of the uh, Orioles season this year. 
And so I do MVP and best moment and biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, unsung hero, uh, second half X factor, and biggest reason for concern. And biggest reason for concern is, in a way, esoteric. Like, I, on, as far as the football team itself is concerned, there's no unit that is a reason for concern. The running backs look good. The offensive line looks good. The pass catchers look good. The quarterback's really good. The defense, the, the edge rush is outstanding. The inside linebackers are overwhelming. The secondary has been a revelation. The interior defensive linemen, holy hell, Justin Matabike might be the richest man in the world. All of it. Jordan Stout's turned into a stud this season. There's nothing on the football team that, to me, personnel-wise, I would have to squint. Like, if you want to say you're concerned that Jadeveon Clowney and Kyle Van Noy can't keep this up, okay, I'll listen to that. But you'd be basing that not on what they've done so far, because what they've done so far has been remarkable. You'd be basing that simply on, you know, you're worried that it's smoke and mirrors a little bit. My biggest reason for concern is the thing. And I can't remember who was on with us recently that brought this up. My biggest reason for concern is that this team almost can't be defined by what they do during the regular season. Uniquely. Because for this team... They have to prove it in the playoffs. I, somebody might say, well, you're moving the goalposts. Lamar Jackson you know, missed the, the end of the regular season the last two years, and those seasons turned out to be a little bit disappointing. So it's just good to see them get back to where they were before. And to at least some extent, there's truth to that. But what there's also truth to is that Every time Lamar Jackson's played, the Ravens have been really good. So it can't be all that surprising that the Ravens are really good again. Can we be surprised that they're, you know, pulverizing good NFC teams? I, I, can we be surprised that they've won three straight games against teams with winning records by... 20-plus points. I mean, one of those, of course, was a Browns team that had to start a rookie quarterback, but still. Sure, you could be uniquely surprised by some of the metrics or some of the circumstances, but the concept of the Ravens being good is not all that surprising. When Lamar Jackson has been healthy, the Ravens have been good. They've won the major overwhelming majority of their games against everyone. Sometimes in the last couple of years we've forgotten that because then Lamar Jackson wasn't healthy and they weren't winning games. But overwhelmingly, Omer, uh, hello. I blame the kidney stone. Overwhelmingly, when Lamar Jackson has been healthy, the Ravens have been really good. Then there's the thing. The thing is. What has that gotten them? 
They get got Lamar Jackson an MVP award. That was cool. It's gotten them some division titles. Those are cool too. But it's also gotten them one total playoff win. And that's the 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 thing, right? That's therein lies the rub. The rub is, and what I appreciate about their reaction, about their unwillingness to be over the top about this, is that they expect it. And to them, it ain't about this. They got to do this, but this ain't the time for the parade. And that's, I think, the way that I feel. I'm trying to be calculated. It's exciting that the Ravens are playing well. And I don't want to create like a I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop feeling. Because I don't think that's what it is. It's that I, I do think that they, the Baltimore Ravens players, have a right to feel this way. Now, not all of them have been around. So it might be different for everybody. I don't know. It probably feels differently for Keaton Mitchell today. I don't know how it feels for... You know, Kyle Van Noy. For what it's worth, Jadevian Clowney, when he was out with us a couple weeks ago, was far more frustrated by the fact that they weren't undefeated than anything else. But maybe there are guys that, like, just winning, just being a part of something special, it's unique to them. And I have to think about who that is that, that would fit that category. Zay Flowers, maybe. They didn't do a lot of winning at Boston College. For the guys that have been here, this is the expectation. Some of them, they came here because of winning. Right? Kevin Zeitler wanted to be a Raven so he could win. I, he wasn't alone. Now, you know, Jadeveon Clowney, Kyle Van, Kyle Van Noy became Ravens because, you know, they just wanted jobs. Like, if it had been the, the Raiders that had called, they probably would have gone there. But some of them are here because they wanted to win. So this, this feeling, is the expectation. You should be good during the regular season. This good? Yeah, this is another level of good. But it guarantees nothing about the postseason. And it creates... What is maybe moving the goalposts is, you know, win the Super Bowl or bust. That's, I guess, unfair. It's unfair for that to be a standard because only one team can win the Super Bowl. And again, it suggests that every other team had a disappointing year. And while the Ravens were building towards that place, it, it it's not like they've come up. This isn't the Buffalo Bills of the last couple of years where like down, it's almost joyless watching them go through the motions. Still, that that is the expectation. And the measurement is what they do then. We can't, we can't know. We, we can't gauge what's happening today and say this is definitive proof of what's going to happen in January. It, it goes back to maybe the ghosts of 2019 where like the Ravens are playing so well that you just think they're just going to steamroll everyone and all of a sudden... <laughs> They could win every game the rest of the year by 30 points, and we would still have that feeling. There would still be the, 
okay, but you got to prove it in January. And that's the reality for this football team. It's the reality for Lamar Jackson specifically. So all of these good feelings, they're good. <laughs> yes, we should feel good. We should be excited. I don't think it's crazy for people to start like poking around on, Jesus Christ, if you think price gouging has been bad at other Super Bowls, wait till you do a Las Vegas Super Bowl. Be prepared for your fast food meals to cost $150. Have you gotten your refund from Orioles playoff tickets yet? Oh, piss. I guess I should. I should probably check. I would assume. I got, I got mine. I would assume that that came in. Well, it's a long story, but I bought mine through someone else. Ah. So <laughs> someone else owes me the money. and <laughs> I got to check in on that. I don't think it's going to. By the way, as much as I spent on playoff tickets, still not going to cover anything related to a las vegas super bowl my god we've never seen anything like what a las vegas super bowl is going what's to be. more expensive your uh, the super bowl tickets or your hospital bill from saturday uh, i hope my insurance <laughs> is good i hope i didn't have to take an ambulance trip like the first time i had a i drove myself this time that was that was nice that was not pleasant i probably shouldn't have done yeah. that. yeah but hey man hey man your, wa- your wallet thanks you all's good all's good there um, I, but you want to start poking around just to find out? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't make you know plans that don't involve refund options. Like, I wouldn't buy non-refundable tickets. That would be badass. But like, starting to do some diligence is something that I think this week at Pressbox we're going to talk about. Like, I, that's I think we should because it's plausible. I think that's absolutely a thought process that you should have if you're a Ravens fan right now, is let me think out whether or not this is something that I could do. Let me look into what my options are. Do you know people that live in Vegas? Maybe poke around. Hey, would you guys have an extra room for a week if I decided to take a trip? I know lots of people that live in Vegas, and they're going to get some phone calls from me here in the, the next little bit. We can all live with Barry Kamen for a week. Oh, uh, our old friend Barry Kamen. I forgot he lives in Vegas. Um, I've I've got family in Vegas. I've got uh, and actually like five cousins that all live in Vegas. So I got lots of options. Is this like there. distant cousins or no? These are first cousins. Yeah. I got first cousins that live in Las Vegas, which is nice. Um, I haven't seen them in a while. It's gonna be awkward that I say, "Hey, <laughs> I've been dying to come see you." Just so happens to be the same week as the Super Bowl. That that part will be awkward, but I love them. And I I think they'll be happy to see me. Um. Uh, my buddy Aaron Oster lives in Vegas too, so I've got the. Uh, actually, that might be who. I, if I if I were to go, that probably would be where I would stay. Would be with my pal Aaron. Um, the the moral of the story being, I think that you should, at, by all means, within reason, do that. But it still has to be proven. This thing is great, but uniquely they have to prove it. And you can tell they know that. And it was what I liked so much after the Lions game when Lamar Jackson went to the podium and was like, it's, I'm not, like, everybody, somebody was like, dude, you don't seem all that excited. And it was his post-game interview, it wasn't the, and he was just like, it's just one game. And he said it again yesterday. It's just one game. To them? Dude, I don't, I don't care. If you're Dan in Parkville, by all means, go Go nuts. There's not a whole lot else to be... What else are we going to be excited about around here? Maryland football? 
It's the weather. The weather's nice this week. You'd be excited about that. I don't know. I don't know how much longer that's going to last, so enjoy it is, that. It, it is Maryland weather, so be, yeah, it could be like 30 tomorrow. Be, well, no, this week it's supposed to be nice all week. Oh, really? Yeah, all week it's supposed to be nice. Love that. Love me some that. Although I did, my, my sinuses probably will disagree. My, my allergies will say, nope, <laughs> stop changing. Just stick to whatever it's going to be, jerk. Um, complain, you know, enjoy, celebrate. But they have to prove it come playoff time. That's the reality, so... I don't know. That's my vomit for uh, how I feel about all of it. And again, I'll have my first half superlatives uh, up at PressBoxOnline.com here momentarily. While we have a minute, let's go over picks for the week. Picks recap uh, brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out Toyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It was there was there were two stories this week in picks. Either you were really good or you were really bad. Yeah, Kyle Ottenheimer went five and four for the week, and it was a disappointment. Normally we go five and four for the week. We're like, ah, manna from heaven. Five and four, and he lost a lot of ground this week. It yeah, for how da- for how far I am in the standings, uh, I'm I'm be happy with four and fives at this point. Yeah, well, you went six and three this week, and yet you're still in second to last. Yeah. <laughs> You got jumped by someone. Hey. That was a really, yeah, not not physically. Um, Penn State, for some reason, was only a 10-point favorite against Maryland. In fact, and they dropped the, the line, number, right? Yeah, the number got all the way down to 8.5 by kickoff, which is, I I kept, I remember Brian Powell like messaged me about that, and I just responded back with the, um, the guy who did that, uh, what the F is happening here song. I don't get it. I have no idea what anybody thought was happening there, but it went exactly the way that I thought it would as Penn State pasted Maryland. It is what it is. I that's a we will deal with the Maryland thing at the end of the year. That's all I can say. Big game against Nebraska this week. Mm, uh, it's on Peacock. Streaming on Peacock. Yeah, we'll we'll deal with it at the end of the year. We'll have a, a conversation about Maryland and and I I there's too much going on for me to spend a whole lot of time on it right now. Uh, for whatever reason, Paul Valley, Nick Kelly, and Jeremy Kahn were all on Maryland for that game. They all missed that point. Only Kyle Ottenheimer was on USC. That one actually ended up being. Uh, Awesome. Man, Saturday night college football. Yeah. If, if you were going to be laid up on drugs after being in the hospital all day, like, I got to tell you. The NCAA was looking out for it. Getting, I had a lot of, well, not the NCAA, but the teams. Um, I had a lot of people texting me, like, you okay? And I'm like, hey, you know, I've had worse Saturday nights. Just sitting around, hopped up on drugs, watching football. These games are great. I don't know, man. It could Did you get, like, a whole, like, red zone experience in the, in the emergency room? No, I, I had gone home by Saturday night. I, oh. was in the, I was in the emergency room from like noon to six or so. So I was home by Saturday night and was watching the two football. I, uh, I passed out for a while. Then I woke up. It was probably about eight. eight I mean, I, I don't know. I watched a good bit of these two games. It was, uh, it was pleasant. Washington um, gets an impressive win at USC. They stay unbeaten. They cover. Only Kyle Ottenheimer was on USC, so he misses that. Uh, Alabama LSU was really good for a little while too. Ultimately, Alabama pulls away in the second half. Of course, Jaden Daniels got hurt, and that was a bummer. Uh, only Paul Valley and Jeremy Kahn. Those two names will come up frequently this week. <laughs> only they were on LSU. The rest of us were on Alabama. Thursday night game went. I, I mean, if you go back, I it was almost a how did he know situation. I went back and I tweeted something right before Will Levis got the ball. I'm sorry, right before um, Kenny Pickett got the ball, and I said, here's the part where Kenny Pickett somehow matriculates down the field. They get a couple of beneficial calls, 
and the offensive line gives him incredible protection, and all of those weirdos in Pittsburgh talk about how it's better to have a quarterback who's not all that good, and it's exactly what occurred. There was, of course, holding on the touchdown play that went uncalled. I mean, it was it's exactly what you thought it was going to be. Uh, Will Levis came back down to earth. I, I still think he's good. It just he wasn't ready for that moment, and Pittsburgh's defense is obviously really good. Uh, we were split on that one, so myself, Griffin, uh, Ken Zalis, Nick Kelly, and Ryan Shell all got the point on Pittsburgh. Whew, Kansas City, Miami, I feel misled. Like, I was expecting game of the century of the – after. I think, too, after the two games on Saturday night, I was all amped up, right? I wake up, get that extra hour of sleep on Sunday, although I didn't get it. <laughs> Pain. But um, the rest of you got that extra hour of sleep. We're, like, all ready to go for Saturday morning. We're actually up early, ready to watch the game and, like, do something. Somebody do something. Ultimately, Kansas City ends up holding on and winning and covering. So myself, Griffin, Stecka, and Jeremy get that point. Jeremy, one of the few points he got. Miami did a lot with that extra day of travel that we talked about on Friday. Yeah, really made a difference, huh? <laughs> good, good call. Good call, Ryan. Glad you brought that up 50 times after it had already been brought up. Um, Arizona, Cleveland. I have no idea why I was on Arizona in this game. Oh, right, because I didn't want to bet big numbers anymore. Yeah, well, turns out sometimes when you start Clayton Toon. Ken Zalas, big fan of Clayton Toon. He loves Clayton Toon, and yet he was on Cleveland. Uh, I don't know why I was on Arizona. Uh, Kyle, John, Ken, uh, John from Little Rock, John Proctor, John from Little Rock, and Nick were all on Cleveland and get that point. Dallas, Philadelphia was entertaining. Yeah. Um, Cowboys, of course, bungle a couple of things. The two-point conversion where Dak Prescott steps out just before the would-be touchdown for Ferguson where his knee is down like six centimeters before the end zone and probably should have been off in, or pass interference too, but it didn't get called, although there were a lot of things. That, I'm not pretending like that one call makes the difference. Exciting game. Ultimately, uh, Philadelphia wins and covers only Andrew Stecka, Jeremy Kahn, and Paul Valley were on at Dallas. Cincinnati-Buffalo last night, again, a game that I was really excited about but didn't quite live up to Like, you knew it, they were good, so like it's not like you were ever disappointed by it, but it didn't quite live up to the hype. Buffalo was never really a threat. That was kind of just Cincinnati's got Buffalo's number, man. There's no way around it. Like, they have... Buffalo's number, Buffalo's not been very good. Especially on defense, too. Yeah, the, the defensively. And they can't run the ball. I mean, like, the, James Cook has not proven to be the answer. They, I think the word was they were in on some of the backs at the trade deadline, but didn't come away with any of them, and they're just not very good at it. Um, we were split on that one as well. Paul, Kyle, John Proctor, Ryan, mm, nice call, yeah. and Jeremy Kahn were all on Buffalo for that one. And only Paul and Jeremy were on Seattle. They were together on a lot of games this week. J- just missed on Seattle. <laughs> Paul went one and eight. Jeremy went two and seven. Weird. Really weird. Because everybody else was over 500 for the week. Um, at the top of the, the heap for the week were myself, Griffin, and KZ. We all went 8-1. and one. John and Little Rock, Nick Kelly went 7-2. and two. John Proctor went 6-3, and three, as did Andrew Stecka and Ryan Shell. Kyle went 5-4. and four. Everybody else was over 500 for the week, except for Paul and Jeremy, who were really bad. So 
where that leaves us now. Remember our year-long competition. We're playing for a little bit of cash at the top, at the bottom. We don't want to be the one that has to take an Irish dance lesson then um, come in and perform said Irish dance. Also perform Zombie and Nothing Compares to You. Enjoy Blood Sausage, Tripe, and Haggis while washing it down with a Will Levist Irish coffee. And at the moment, at the top of the table, Nick Kelly, Ken Zalis tied 49 and 38 on the year. Two games back, a group of us, John Proctor, Andrew Stecka, John and Little Rock, and myself. Kyle Ottenheimer is three games back, then some separation. Griffin Bass, six games back, but out of the, the low spot among the, the initial group. Ryan is seven games back. Paul Valley is now vice. I don't know what do we call this at the bottom of the table. I don't even know what we have a vice bottom. I don't know if we go with that one. And uh, is in line to have to go see Creed, which again, I'm very worried he would enjoy that because he enjoyed Limp Biscuit. But at the bottom of the table, Jeremy Kahn not getting closer. Came in full of piss and vinegar. Oh, I can close the gap. No problem. Showed up five weeks late. He's 24 and 28 on the season now, and he's 17 games behind Paul Valley. It does not look good for Jeremy. We'll talk to him about it a little bit later on, and we'll get uh, the recap up at glennclarkradio.com. When we come back in, uh, it was a great day, obviously, for Keaton Mitchell. His father, former Raven Anthony Mitchell, will tell us about what it meant to him when we come back in. That's, that's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best and use the promo code glennclark 23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. 
The Orioles brought us a summer we'll never forget in 2023, securing their first division title in nine years. And while the playoffs ended quicker than we had hoped in Birdland, the future is brighter than ever. I'm Paul Valley, and along with Zach Goodman, we'll be with you on the bat around all offseason, warming our hands by the hot stove. From the GM meetings to the winter meetings to the start of spring training, the bat around has you covered for every trade, signing, and transaction as the Orioles look to revamp and regroup for another postseason run. You can watch the show every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune into the bat around every Saturday right here at Pressbox. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program after a massive Ravens victory. And I know it was a special day for our next guest and his family. Oh, man, I remember talking to both uh, he and Keaton about what it meant just to be a Raven and then to see this unfold, to see the way that it has gone. Uh, it's got to be overwhelming. Joining us now, he is former Raven, our friend, Mr. Anthony Mitchell, and he's back with us here on GCR. Anthony, it's Glenn. It's so good to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Man, no problem. No problem. How things going? Everything is good. I mean, are you kidding me? How, how good could it be? Here, right? Um, yeah. Uh, can you can you just take me? I know you were here a couple of weeks ago, um, and and saw him in person, but it was just a, a little bit of a taste. Right, Every, right. Everything that your son has put into getting to this moment, what did it mean as a dad to watch that unfold yesterday? Man, it it was it was amazing. You know, it, it's, well, you know, some things you, you want to be able to describe in words, but you just can't, man. Just heart is full, smiling from ear to ear. It's just one of those things to where you know where he come from. You know what he's been going through as far as the criticism because of his size and, and, and all that. And then to see him continue to thrive through it all, it, 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 it meant a lot, man. It meant a lot for him to show everybody that was watching, everybody that was at the game, a, a, a taste of his talent of what he could do when he put the when you put the ball in his hand. How much more? I, I like. I remember how special it was to talk to you and him just about getting a chance with the Ravens, right? But like, right. I, look, I know this would be this would have been a day of celebration for you if he was a Jet, right? Like if he was a Colt, whatever it was. But the right. the fact that it is that he's a Baltimore Raven and that this came while he was wearing purple. Can you possibly describe how much more it makes it mean? It it, it, it it makes a lot because you have such a diehard 
where the Ravens we have, because I'm still a diehard Raven fan, we have such a diehard fan base and to know that he always going to be appreciated regardless of uh, how his career ends, where it ends, he can always come back to Baltimore and they will show him love. So for him to do it in that purple and, and for a team like Baltimore, it's, it's just one of those deals to where you know that it's, it's number love and, and, and it's going to continue to be love for him and for an organization as, as fine as the Ravens. I feel like there's also some Ravens fans of a certain age that don't that didn't know you and are getting to learn about why it is that we love you so much. Uh, and uh, that, of course, one of the greatest moments in Ravens history years ago. Anthony Mitchell is right. with us here on, on GCR. A- Anthony, um, a couple of things. I, I remember the conversation, and, I, I, and your son brought it up yesterday after the game, that you had talked to him about the Ravens specifically when he had options as an undrafted free agent. What was it that you had conveyed to him about Baltimore and why it might be the best place for him to go? Because I, 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 one thing, the office is the same. The owner changed, but he was there when I was there. Bashadi, I love him to death. But when you're dealing with the people who stay there when you was there and know without a doubt that he's going to have an opportunity, that's that's what – that. because I've seen guys, I could name guys that, that came in and, and did special teams and became a starter at, at his position, which you got Chester Taylor. Mm-hmm. And then you had Bart Scott that came in, played outside me, running down on kickoff, became a starter. So I knew that uh, they were also if, – if you have the talent and you have the will and, 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 and the means to getting the job done, they're going to give you opportunity. And, I, and when you say – when you go through the teams that giving him a, a option, I knew firsthand that – if you go in and show them what you got, they're going to give you opportunity, hands down. And that and that's what he needed, and that's what we wanted for him, is to go somewhere to where he'll he show and then give him opportunity to continue to show. And, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I haven't seen the team do it better than the Ravens. They give guys undrafted free agents opportunity. When he made the roster, right, and I know that you know part of it was he was dealing with an injury. But when he made the roster, did you like? All, did you almost have a moment where you said, "Okay, I think he's going to be able to control"? Like, did you have confidence that this day was coming this quickly? I I I, I knew it was coming because I be honest with you, I'm one of his biggest fans. Both of my boys, I'm one, I'm their biggest fans, yeah. and. Uh, I was telling somebody called me yesterday. I, forget, I was talking to another reporter yesterday. When I seen him touch the ball twice and did what he did with two touches in my fantasy league, <laughs> one my my best friend, my, no, my best friend drafted him, and I text, I text, I say he gonna break one today because I know him, and and when he touches ball like that, man, and he he just it just it, it I don't know what it does to him. It feeds him to do more. And yesterday was one of those days where I was looking at the game. I like, I think he's gonna take one to the house today. Let me get this. So it, hang on a second. You didn't draft Keaton in your. You let somebody else in your fantasy league get him. I was I was finna draft him, <laughs> and the guy picked right before me. As soon as he picked, he said, "You thought I was gonna let you pick your son?" I like, man, you you trash. Oh, but it, it, it was it was my best friend from college, and um. He played running back, and he always came down to to watch, keep watching play a couple games before our homecoming. 
And so he knew what he could do from high school. He said, I'm, he said, I've been watching him since high school. You thought I'm going to let him? <laughs> that is awesome, man. Do you have to, I'm, now I'm starting to think about, do you know when it is that you're facing him in the league yet? Do you, have you looked ahead at the schedule to know if there's a chance that you're going to end up getting your ass kicked by your own son? Say that again. Do you know when it is that your fa- your buddy who has Keaton on his fantasy team? Do you like you're not facing him next week by chance, are you? I don't think so. All I gotta right. check. But it, well, I rubbed it in because he left him on the bench. <laughs> so I was. I, 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 but uh, you know what's crazy? You know every him. It's like the guys that went to Skiggy with me that play fantasy. They picked him up and had him when he was IR. IR. They picked him up. And when he started, they was asked, should I play him? I said, don't play him just yet. And then they called me, don't play him. I said, no, play him next week, which was last week. I said, starting next week. I said, I think that's going to be his breakout game. Ooh, you called it. You called it. I, I told I told him. I said, start him next week. I said, don't, I said, don't start him. I said, they're going to work his way in. I said, start him next week. Man. And, and, and so when I, when I text the guy, I said, did y'all start him? They're like, no. I said, I told y'all, give it two. Uh, when he came back, I said, give him two. And then when he tweeted, I said, just, yeah. So I was like, they, they didn't start him, which was good <laughs> for the guys they played against. But, hey. Um, what about the fact that it was his mother's birthday, right? Like, that seemed like that was a pretty special thing for him that um, he was able to have, you know, his first sort of breakthrough NFL game on his mom's birthday. That seemed pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a very special thing, man, the way that that worked out. All right, um, so here's the other part of this, Anthony Mitchell, is did you, like, we always knew about Keaton's skill in space and his speed and his elusiveness, but the between the tackle stuff yesterday, I don't know that we had seen yet. Is that something that you... I- that we, we, you knew was coming and you knew he could do and we just I, hadn't seen it yet? I, listen to me. Y'all haven't seen it yet. If yeah. you go back, when since he was a kid, and I'm going to tell you this, since he was a kid, his uncle was a play calling for, uh, when he was a kid. And, they, and you're asking, what run you want to run? He said, right up the middle. He always loved, because you know his thing is, he can see the linebackers. Huh. When he runs sideways, he can't see the whole field. So he'd say, I like running at him because I could see him. And so it's one of those deals to where I, he, he, he liked running up there. Granted, you know, whichever one is going to get him in the end zone, he loves best. But he, he, he's capable of going between tackles. Man, I, that was abundantly clear. Uh, his balance to me was what blew me away. Like, he was running at pace through contact. Like, it didn't slow him down even a little bit. I said, boy, th- th- I was already excited about him. This makes me all the more – and I got to tell you, dude, because I know he's a former teammate of yours, but um, I work with Femi, and Femi is like I, – you should see the text he's sending me every time Keaton touches the ball, dude. Like, what? I, I don't know if you've heard from other teammates uh, from that there era uh-huh. and what it means to them, but I'm telling you, Femi is losing his mind every time your son touches the ball, and how special it is is really cool to me. Uh, that's cool, because I've I seen Femi, and I'm, I'm coming up Sunday, so I'm a- – I'm going to reach out to some of the guys, and, 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 and we're going to chop it up. But, yeah. That's awesome. It, it, it's, it, it's just one of those deals to where you, 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 
when you stay, and I can tell him, just stay humble, keep working, man. It, yeah. It's all gonna come together for you, you know. It, and he, that's what he's doing. I mean, he he never was one of those. I used to get mad at him because he used to score and just hand the ref the ball. I'm like, man, dive in the end zone, do something. <laughs> okay, so what? So what'd you think of the dance? We gotta know what you what'd you think of it? Yeah, I I like it. I mean, because he's getting his first one. Is, it, I I like it. He, right. he did something. But when I tell you. To, to break him out of shell to, just to do anything, it was hard. It was hard. He really? never used to dance. Really? He did score five touchdowns and hand the ball to the ref all five times. Like, dude, you ain't excited? <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, man. Well, he, gave, he showed us something. He showed us something, and we were excited about yeah. that. I'm glad. I'm glad he could, and I'm glad, y'all. you know, I, I know the Ravens fans and the Ravens flock, they love him up there. and and continue to grow. I hope he continue to grow and continue to get better and have bigger games. Dude, it, it is truly one of the coolest stories in Ravens history, man, already, right? Like, we're only a couple games into it, and it's always one, already one of the coolest stories. And um, I'm glad it is, man. I'm, I'm glad he could come up there and, and, and contribute to a team that I love so much, man. And and, and, and I'm going to continue to love the Ravens because they, they show me nothing but love. So it's one of those deals to where I hope he have such a great experience I had with the team I love so much. Uh, can't wait to see you up here. Hopefully it's going to be a – I know you were already up for one game this year. Hopefully it'll be, as you said, even this Sunday, even more frequently in uh, not just this year but the years to come and that this is just the beginning of something really special. Uh, Anthony Mitchell, so happy for you. Uh, it's such a cool thing, man. Thank you for taking I the appreciate time for it. us. I appreciate it. No problem at all. No problem at all. That's uh, former Raven Anthony Mitchell, of course, who uh, famously – had the touchdown off the block field goal against uh, the Titans uh, during the run to the Super Bowl back in 2000, and um, it's it's just it's it's everything. It's fathers and sons. It's it, it's a special special story, dude. I mean, it's really special. And um, I'm I'm telling you, if you saw the text thread that we had going with Femi. And Femi's been on Keaton too. Like it's funny because like all of us, Pete Medhurst put me on to Keaton Mitchell last year. It was like, hey, this guy because he's in he sees uh, East Carolina when Navy plays them. He's like, this kid special. He's his dad was a Raven. Like, all right, so he gets uh you know picked up as an undrafted free agent. We didn't know. We were just like, let's put him on because it's just kind of neat. Um, and then. Ken Zalis was wiling about Keaton Mitchell. Ken Zalis was like, dude, this was a guy I wanted in the draft. I wanted them to draft him. Femi is in love with him, man. Like, and it's I, I get it. It's it's personal too. It's somebody you know, it's their son, you've seen him. I, it's the whole thing. But man, um, the text thread was wild yesterday when Keaton Mitchell was touching the ball. It was wild, baby. It was cool. Very, very cool day for us. All right, hour number one of today's show is in the books. A uh, reminder that Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson will be getting together a little bit later on today to talk some baseball. Every Monday, Stan, Ross, and Luke maybe previewing awards season coming up for the next couple of weeks. Still some managerial vacancies that need to be filled. Get they, they will get together today, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, you can watch it at youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Stan, Ross, and Luke every Monday talking baseball with you. 
When we come back in, uh, Coach Jay Gruden is going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on what it is the Ravens are doing. They're like the number three DVOA ever. That's crazy. We'll talk about it next. Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, into our... 
hour number two of GCR, and we will get to Pats on the Ass a little bit later on. Continue to get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Remember, you pick five Ravens, two must-be offensive players, two must-be defensive players. The fifth can be whatever you'd like, another offensive player, another defensive player, special teams player, or a coach. Rank them five to one with number one being your man of the match. We will get to that a little bit later on. I also get it, as a few of you have pointed out already, it is a day where there is any number of options for guys that could reach the uh, list. So I am not going to be critical of just about anything that you put on there for Pats on the Ass today. All right, we are into hour number two of the program. Ryan, we uh, we good? Very good. Joining us now, this man, of course, uh, former head coach of the Washington uh, football team, commanders, Redskins, whatever you want to call it. Uh, also, he is now with both the 33rd team as well as his own podcast, Taking the Point Show. It's a pleasure for us to welcome into the program Coach Jay Gruden, who is with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Well, Glenn, since I've been fired, I've got a lot of time, and the golf course is closed on Monday, so it worked out perfect. <laughs> I'm glad that we could uh, help you pass some of that time, Coach. Really appreciate it. I, I, I saw the video you did uh, with Charles last week at the 33rd team, and I I expected this to be a much more competitive game. The Seahawks, their roster is loaded and really good. I, I, how surprised were you that the Ravens throttled Seattle the way that they did? Throttled is an understatement. This was a bloodbath, and I was very surprised. You know, I thought Seattle would come in. They have three pretty good receivers. I thought they'd attack the secondary a little bit uh, more efficiently, but they smothered them. Baltimore's defense is playing at a high level. Kyle Valnoy, back-to-back sacks, a sack fumble. They're stopping the run. Kenneth Walker couldn't get anything going, and Geno really had no time to do anything, to, to look at the, down the field and, and read his concepts it was, uh, it was a nightmare for Geno in a Seattle offense. I feel like we are, in this city, uh, Coach, allergic to ever – we don't handle prosperity well, right? Like We're always like, waiting for the other shoe to fall. Uh, right now, the uh, the advanced stats, the analytics, DVOA says the Ravens aren't just the best team in football, but like DVOA says that through nine games they're one of the best teams of all time. I'm going to pump the brakes on all of that, but how good do you feel like this Ravens team is based on what you've seen to this point? Well, they're playing very efficient football on offense and a dominating defense. Um, they've got 43 more first downs than their opponent. They got 900 more yards than their opponent. They've got 600 more yard, rushing yards than their opponent. They got 17 more touchdowns than their opponent so far this year. And they're almost 50% on third down. So that, that just tells you this is a dominating football team right now. Now, the only reason I would say, hey, we got to pump our brakes a little bit is they got C.J. Stroud in his first game. They had Joe Burrow at the bad calf. They lost to Gardner Minshew in his first start. They had DTR in his first ever career start. That's fair. Cody Pickett or uh, Pickett they lost to. They got Tannehill who got hurt in that game. Then they got Golf and they got Geno Smith. And then they had Dobbs against Arizona. So other than Golf and Geno Smith, and you can say Burrow, but he had a bad calf. They haven't really been challenged. And 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 uh, so maybe let's just wait till they play one of these elite quarterbacks, maybe these elite offenses, and see what they do. But right now, all signs are are very good for Baltimore because they're. Well coached on defense. They fly to the football. They got two linebackers that can really run. They got a disruptive safety in Kyle Hamilton. Their nickels playing extremely well. They got Marlon Humphrey back. Um, so defensively, they look like they are their chink. They're not going to chink in their armor. They're not going to have a chink in their armor unless they have some injuries. But and then offensively, Lamar's picking up this offense by Todd Muckin extremely easy. 
and uh, getting the ball out to different people. And they can run the football extremely well. Obviously, that's no doubt. And they have big physical offensive linemen up front. So, I mean, this is an exciting time to be a Raven fan, I believe. And But we still have to wait and see how they play against some of the elite teams. Uh, Coach, a couple things in there. As you point out, uh, one week from this Thursday night, Joe Burrow returns to Baltimore, and he obviously looks much more right at this point as uh, they have been rolling of late. So that'll be a good measuring stick. But I, I feel like the other thing that you're saying in there, like when I when I look at this team, there, there's no personnel grouping that I'm concerned about uniquely, right? Like the, as far as the roster is concerned, there's no one group that say, "Well, this is their this is their real problem. This is their real weakness." I mean, I, I, am not trying to suggest that like this is the greatest wide receiving core in history, but there's just every layer of the football team, every personnel grouping is playing a fairly high level of football at this point. It's- You're exactly right. And they all know their role, too. And they're playing very unselfish football. So, you know, you can take a guy out of the game. You lose your starting running back. You play Gus Edwards and then Justice Hill. Now Keaton Mitchell comes in and has a breakout game. So you got three great backs. You got a great pass-catching tight end. And if you want to take him out and be a little more physical, you bring in this number 42 guy, this Patrick Ricard. He is a dominating run blocker. He is fun to watch when he's in the football game. I promise you that. And then you have a powerful offensive lineman and Linda Baum, John Simpson, and Zeitler. So uh, this this team really, if you point to a weakness, I can't find one other than maybe a game-breaking receiver, you know, like Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown. They don't have that, but they haven't had to have one. Uh, yeah, the group. The group has been pretty good uh, in moments, right? Like it's all kind of worked out. Coach Jay Gruden is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Coach, how much when you bring up the defense? I think a lot of us in here thought this might be a year in which the defense might take a step backwards. Clayus Campbell was moving on, and the Ravens didn't like heavily invest on that side of the ball. I I, I feel like at this point, it, some of it we have to talk about the impact of Roquan Smith, and it, it almost feels like it's getting lost, right? Because we're talking about Matabike and Geno Stone, but just the overall impact of what Roquan Smith has brought to this defense to me is overwhelming, and then. On, at the same time, what do we say about Mike McDonald, who appears to be a, a, like a revelation at this point? Yeah, you're exactly right. And Mike McDonald, Mike, Mike McDonald's an, uh, he's a he's an aggressive defensive play caller. He likes to blitz. He likes to do a lot of fire zones. And if you do that, you better have a smart linebacker and a linebacker that can cover a lot of ground. And Queen and Roquan can do that. They're both very versatile in what they can do. They can play the run, they can stuff the gaps, and they can cover and run out in space, which is very rare for linebackers nowadays. And uh, that, that way you can bring you can bring Kyle Hamilton. They brought Kyle Hamilton about six times last week. And, yep. and it just is a nuisance for offensive coordinators to try to play against this. You have to lose your back in pass protection. I don't know how many times Seattle's back was eaten up in pass protection, but you lose an eligible receiver when that happens, which condenses the field. Your pass concepts aren't as good, and that's what they're doing. And in order to do that and be aggressive like that, you have to have Roquan, and he's probably the most most valuable player on that defense. I, it's it's not, and, and somehow it gets missed because it's just not a statistically driven thing. But we all, every one of us that saw this defense before Roquan Smith arrived and now has watched it sent, it's, it is crazy the impact that he has had. Coach, we were talking about this earlier in the show. Lamar Jackson's now 18-1 and one against the NFC. And part of that is Lamar Jackson's really good, and he's won a lot of games about against just about everybody. But what do you make particularly, and I know yesterday wasn't even really a story about Lamar, but particularly given the lopsided nature of these last couple of games against good NFC teams, is there something to be said for 
the difficulty of preparing for a Lamar Jackson offense when you don't see it as frequently like NFC teams have to deal with. Yeah, uh, you know, Lamar's he's playing at a level that he hasn't even played at yet, I don't think. You know, when he won the MVP, he was running the ball a lot more, but now he's he's playing in a pocket, he's playing outside the pocket, he's scrambling, he's doing whatever he needs to do to get first downs. He's reading the concepts perfectly, checking it down when he has to check it down. Um, last week, he only threw for 180 yards, but he had 40 or 50 more yards rushing. He didn't even throw a touchdown or run a touchdown, but he operates in this system effortlessly, and he's got incredible poise. I mean, you know, he's just has a great demeanor about him, a calm demeanor that you can just tell breathes confidence amongst the players around him, and they all feel like, hey, we're going to score on this drive. We're going to get this first down. Every key play that has happened in, in the game, he's going to make a play, whether it's with his legs or throwing it to the right guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's obviously in the talks for MVP this year again, and uh, it's fun to watch him because this is something that is probably new to him. I know he's done drop-back passes in the past, but to really really be relegated to more of a drop-back passer, not so much of a RPO, not so much of a quarterback design run, which they still have both of those, but not quite as much. Now he's dropping back reading field and delivering balls accurately and on time, and he's anticipating throws, which is extremely difficult for a quarterback if you haven't done that in your career how much too is it still the threat of him running right like i, 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 oh, I can't yeah. remember i can't remember who was it that said it after the game it might have been leonard williams that talked about it, it's just almost impossible to know what's coming from the ravens run game so to your point even if he's not the design runs aren't the same thing but just the threat of it still being what makes it a, a living hell for defenses to face the baltimore ravens yeah, it condenses your play calling as a defensive coordinator. You you have to have an eyeball on the quarterback, and you can't play any of these matchup zones where your eyes you're trying to double team the slot, you're doubling the outside guys with safeties over the top. You have to have somebody with vision on the quarterback. Otherwise, you know if you do, you're probably still going to give up a lot of yards. So you're relegated to spot drop zones a lot of times. Maybe some uh, too deep spot drop too deep, three deep, whatever it might be. But you have to have eyes on Lamar. If you don't, he's going to hurt you bad. He's hurt everybody. And it just it just handcuffs defensive coordinators. They're scared to do anything. I, it's Boy, we like it. We love it a lot here. It's a really good thing for us to continue to watch it unfold. Uh, another couple of minutes with Coach Jay Gruden here with us on uh, GCR. Coach, you, you mentioned the wide receivers. And, again, they've played well. I, I wonder, can you – be a Super Bowl, and maybe the Chiefs are proof that you can, right? Maybe I'm going to answer my own question as I ask it. Can you be a Super Bowl championship caliber team without having an individual alpha at wide receiver? Well, I think you can because you have alphas at the running game and you have an alpha quarterback who can also run the football. You have an alpha tight end, really. You know, you look at the Chiefs, their alpha is Travis Kelsey in the receiving group, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, tight ends are very easy to throw to. When we had Jordan Reed at Washington, that's when we were at our best, when he was working the inside, working linebackers, working option routes. So it's it's very comforting for a quarterback to know your tight end is a huge target with great hands and can get open against man-to-man and find zones. So that's their alpha. That, that's good. And Odell's played a lot of football. He can make big plays when asked upon. Zay Flowers is a young, talented kid with some great feet and in and out of his cuts, he's going to get better and better as the season progresses. And, and Bateman's a skilled player that has some size and can do a lot of different things. So although they may not be elite players, none of them probably be in the Pro Bowl, 
these guys are functional players and they can and know their role and can do a lot of different things. And Bateman actually should have probably had two touchdowns yesterday. Lamar just kind of missed him on on balls down the field, which has been rare of late. Um, I, coach, I, I wonder too, and and I know you're you know obviously your brother had great longevity, but John Harbaugh this deep into his career, and and having reinvented himself or his style or whatever. I, this is not a, a sport in which longevity typically is the story for head coaches. You obviously know that as well as anyone does. H- how impressed are you by how how long John Harbaugh has lasted? Do you have a sense of why it, he has worked for this long for him to have had this much success and stayed in one place? Well, usually I like to say it's because of the quarterback, but he's done it with a couple different quarterbacks. And Lamar's been hurt. I think he knows what he wants his team to be. He knows what the identity of his football team is. He wants to be in a, a physical football team up front on both sides of the ball and protect his passer. He wants to dominate the line of scrimmage on offense and dominate the line of scrimmage on defense. And those guys are going to play hard. And not to mention, he's a special team guy. They're always going to have great special teams, and everybody forgets about that. They have the best kicker in NFL history, possibly, and they always play great special teams. And special teams play a big part in these close games come late in the season. So that's another factor that you have to put a check mark by the Ravens. Are they good on special teams? Yes. They have a good punter? Yes. They have a good kicker? Oh, just the best kicker in the league. So um, <laughs> I think he understands what it takes to be a Raven. You hear, hear it all the time in his speeches and all that stuff. And, uh, and, he, and he believes it. And that's the type of guys they go out and get in the draft and in free agency. All right. So now the question, because I know that your podcast like very involved in betting. So if as a, if you're a betting man, I, I we partner up with another betting company here, and the odds for the Ravens are like eight to one at the moment to win the Super Bowl. W- would you poke a couple of dollars that way? Is it worth at least holding that ticket at this point? I just I just make my predictions. I don't actually bet. All right, but, uh, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. I think um, you know I've made a little list. I still think the Eagles. Obviously, coming out of the NFC, I think are uh, a, a tough out, and I think their defense is going to get better and better. I think they're once they figure out their secondary, they'll be fine. Obviously, Kansas City. The thing that scares you about Kansas City, like Baltimore, is they're playing incredible defense right now as well, and they have pretty good quarterback as well. So, Kansas City, Baltimore, <laughs> Philadelphia, those are the top three, and then Cincinnati's coming on like gangbusters. Yeah. They're like the horse in the back of the pack, closing fast towards the finish line, and it's going to be exciting to see these guys finish. Yep, one week from Thursday night. Uh, that's going to be a fun one as the Bengals come back to Baltimore. By the way, a pretty good quarterback. It might be the understatement of the century, Coach, in describing yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Um, all right, Taking the Points is uh, the show at TTP underscore NFL on Twitter. And then regular stuff with the 33rd team as well, Coach? Yeah, they do do some things there. It's fun. It just keeps you involved. We have some ex-coaches that uh, do a lot of segments and stuff, and I'm able to watch a film and do some analysis and stay you know, stay current with what's happening in the NFL. So it's fun. Uh, can I ask before I let you go what it was like uh, when when you had to like call up plays and, and realize that Ray Lewis was on the other side of the football field? Oh, that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> Ray Lewis agreed and, and Ole Nata. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And then I had to go the next week and play Troy Palomalu and James Harrison and those guys. So my first year as a coordinator with the Bengals was very, very difficult. But we did win nine games, Glenn. We did win nine. I, it was a revelation at the time, man. It was an unbelievable accomplishment. Hey, Coach, this was fun, man. We'd love to do this again uh, down the road this season. Really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Thanks so much. All right, Glenn. Thank you. Coach Jay Gruden with us here on GCR. 
Uh, appreciate him taking the time for us, and um, that was good stuff. Uh, I appreciate the insight, and I, I, I still I don't think we're going to get an answer about Lamar Jackson versus the NFC thing. I just don't think there's going to be a definitive answer. I was talking. We were talking about it on the post game with Femi yesterday. It it it's it's all of the above, right? It's yes, Lamar Jackson's really good, and they've beaten a lot of teams. And yes, there probably is something to the fact that these teams don't see him as frequently. But yet, at the same time, not every coach has been. Some of these guys are coaches that were coaches in the AFC a year ago, and have seen Lamar Jackson and know exactly what it's like. And some of these players have prepared for Lamar Jackson. We don't have to take a break here, Ryan. We can just keep moving right along. Um. There is no way to define it. Impossible to define. There's probably something to all of it. It's both relevant and an oddity at the exact same time. Uh, conundrum wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a, you know, the whole thing. The good news is, hopefully, they're in the Super Bowl, and they get to face an NFC team, and you're going to feel really confident about that because Lamar Jackson's really good against the NFC. Hey, have you even picked up the print issue of Press Box yet? It is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Go get it right now. You see on the cover the survivors. Um, these were the players, the position players from the Dan Duquette era that stuck around through some really difficult years for the Baltimore Orioles and ended up being a big part of their renaissance. Great cover story from Todd Karpovich all about Anthony Santander and Cedric Mullins and Ryan Mountcastle and Austin Hayes. You can go get that right now. Also, a lot of college basketball preview stuff. College basketball season gets underway tonight. So you can go um, find out about the players from the women's and men's programs from around the state inside this print issue of Press Box, available at your neighborhood Royal Farms and any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Joining us now here on GCR, one of our favorites. She, of course, is has been a regular mid-Atlantic person, so she gets to spend a lot of time on her NFL Network assignments with the Baltimore Ravens and she was there yesterday as the Ravens demolished the Seattle Seahawks. She's our friend Sherry Burris, and she's back with us now here on GCR. Sherry, it's Glenn. Always great to catch up. Thank you again for taking the time for us this morning. Of course. Good to talk to you again, Glenn. Sherry, I, I am – you know what's really funny? One of my favorite things about the Ravens right now is – and I don't know if it's frustrating for you as, like, an interviewer, but how much these players are just not, like, overselling this. Like, they are just kind of <laughs> – taking it in stride right they're like yeah we, we won that was that was good we're, we're happy like they're not disappointed but like i i've kind of grown this great fondness for how lamar jackson continues to say it's just one win it's just it's just one game it's just i it there's something about that that to me states that there is something bigger going on with this team that they are not getting too high over any of this yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Yeah, I would love, I mean, I don't want like a viral answer by any means, but like, yeah, that's honest. It's like, yeah, no, we're elated. I always thought that would be a really funny like SNL skit of doing like the honest answer for an athlete. Um, but it does, I think, really test. I mean, it's a testament to just what their expectations are. Like even after yesterday's game, Patrick Queen was saying after last week at Cardinals, like no one was smiling on that defense. They were They didn't play to their standard, which – you would think, like, as hard as it is to get a win in the National Football League, they'd be like, yeah, we played, you know, well, we want to clean this up. But, no, it was like, we're not satisfied. 
They come home. They don't even give up a touchdown yesterday. It's just incredible the fact that it is just, I think uh, Tony Romo said on the broadcast yesterday, there is like very serious expectation that it's Super Bowl and, and that's it. Like it's not even Super Bowl or bust. It is, this team is to the point where they genuinely believe that they are building to get to the Super Bowl. Sherry, we hear. I, I I almost think it's like talking about a no hitter, right? You don't want to do. You don't want to talk about how well a team is playing because you feel like you're going to jinx it. But DVOA says not. They're not just the best team in football. They're they're one of the best teams through nine games of all time, according to DVOA. And we're all seeing it with our own eyes. Like we're seeing them throttle these these high level NFC opponents. They've won three straight games by twenty or more against teams with winning records. How good do you get the sense the Ravens really are at this point? You know, I was just texting with a friend of mine who's a Ravens fan, and I just remember, you know, talking to her at the start of the season. And she's like, yeah, there's all this talk of, you know, Lamar, this, Ravens expectations, that. It's time for, like, every piece to come together and, like, for the team to show up. And I feel like that's what we're seeing now. Like, we were waiting to see – how this team would come together, what Todd Munkin's offense would look like. You know, Mike McDonald now second year at D.C. What is his defense going to look like? And the phrases that they're using are, you know, that the defense can, like, morph series to series and week to week. And, I mean, you don't know what's stronger for this team, the pass game or the run game on offense. Um, It's just absolutely insane. And they are. They're morphing in front of our eyes to be able to, like, be the shape-shifting team to just – I think you use the word throttle, right? Like they're just throttling opponents, particularly at home. Um, and, you know, yesterday I got to kind of see some of the guys on the sideline too as the game was wrapping up. And the camaraderie mm. is so real. Like when OBJ scored that touchdown, even uh, Keaton Mitchell, I mean, it was a celebration. They all were celebrating each other. You know, when Geno Stone gets those, his sixth interception of the season, what we're seeing from these guys and their chemistry and just how real it is for them in the room, I think also plays a part of just how good that they're playing and how connective it is really on in all three phases of the game. Uh, it's a great point. I know John Harbaugh keeps talking about team wins, but man, like it really is complimentary football. Like it's, it's, it's nuts. Yesterday, the story, it's funny because Lamar Jackson dominates the NFC, right? But yesterday wasn't even really necessarily about Lamar Jackson. Like, I'm not trying to take anything away yep. from him because he's been phenomenal this season. But it wasn't even like he had to be Superman by any stretch of the imagination yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Right. Like, it was Snoop who threw OBJ right. the touchdown at the end. <laughs> it's, it is crazy. Sherry Burris is with us here on GCR from the NFL Network. I, you know, and, and Sherry, I, I still think that there can be more tests, right? Like, they haven't had to play a gunslinging type of game um, against a, a Pat Mahomes, a Joe Burrow type yet. But I, I feel like what's what's encouraging is there's not any area of this football team that you're concerned about. Every position group that exists, like maybe some are, you know, inside linebacker, it might be the best in the NFL, right? Whereas wide receiver, you'd probably say they're good, but there's, I don't know that there's a position group on this team that you would say you have any real concern about at this point. Yeah. And I think back to, you know, just the training camp again, that Marlon Humphrey was like, our team on paper looks great. You know, we have the depth even too. like, if there is any cracks in the house, you know, there's someone who is there that can, you know, like plaque it over. I'm not into home renovation, as you can tell. <laughs> Makes two of us. Um, like you know, there would be just no drop off of the next person, and I think we still did see that. But you know, like Marlon was injured. You know, we have seen like J.K. Dobbins go out. Like they have had injuries 
at some pretty prominent positions. And it's, there seems to just be no worries. Um, and, you know, I was taking notes for today and just kind of wrapping up what we saw yesterday. And there were so many firsts, like the fact that Keaton Mitchell got his first TD, OBJ got his first touchdown. But, like, that's just on top of the production already of, like, Gus Edwards scoring and Lamar scoring. Um, Mark Andrews, I mean, the defense, Roquan Smith, I don't know how many times he said his name yesterday, Patrick Queen, like, there are just, so, it's endless of just how many dudes, quite literally, this team has. Uh, it's so, Sherry, I'm doing a thing, a first half superlatives, because we've reached the halfway point. I'm doing a first half superlatives thing for our website, and the category was unsung hero, and I I, 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 I didn't go this route. I ended up going with Rocky Scene, who I think has been marvelous right and i don't think he gets a lot of attention for it but yeah the first thing i almost said was to split it between roquan smith and mark andrews and say i know it's crazy to suggest that one of these guys could be unsung hero but it feels like it's 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 just kind of old hat at this point we're just kind of used to it and we don't still recognize it the same way because it's not just a matabike getting all these sacks or geno stone getting all these interceptions that all these dudes do Mark Andrews probably had the quietest eight-catch, 90-yard game in the history of football (laughs) yesterday, right? Like, Roquan Smith is playing at a level that we haven't seen since Ray Lewis, and we're almost just sort of like, oh, right, and Roquan too. You know, like, it's, we're just... This is why we have all the nice things, right? You just take them for granted. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I also love Roquan, that his confidence, it's a quiet, like, genteel southern trash talk which i don't know if maybe he doesn't get enough attention for that too the fact of like you know we got to protect our house like we want to embarrass the other teams you know you know they have family but like you're not just going to come in here um i'm surprised i haven't seen a shirt that says by any means necessary because i feel like he always ends yeah. with that that like roquan is just like he talks some serious shade in the most respectful nice way but i think what also is really important about him is that he backs it up and sure, you know, he's lighting up the stat sheet, but it's not like the Roquan Smith show, which, again, I think kind of circling back is a testament to just how selfless, um, unselfish this defense is. If if you had a concern, Sherry, and, I, and it's it's crazy to say, like, there couldn't be a concern, and, but, like, it's, it's sort of in that neighborhood based on how they played of late. If you had a concern looking now to the second half of the season, what would that concern be? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I'm like scrolling through the, the stats right now. I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, like you said, they have really great winning records against winning teams. I mean, I guess my one concern would just be, and I think they're peaking too early because that's not, I think, a thing because I think they are still, you know, working out some of the, the, uh, the wrinkles. Um, but just, you know, just how they will handle the adversity. You know, they're flying so high right now. Like, oh, my gosh, like how many times did Tony Romo say Super Bowl on the broadcast yesterday? Um, you know, I'm just waiting sort of that fearful of the roller coaster. You know, we're going to the top, and I just don't know if we're just gonna, they're just going to keep riding to the top or there will be a dip at some point. I don't know. I'm looking at the schedule, who it could be. I mean, 49ers are really good. Uh, I know they have some injuries like Dolphins they have later in the year. I just don't know if there is going to be a dip, and I'm just wondering how the team will handle sort of that adversity um, if they do kind of hit a snag or a lull at some point. You know, it's funny because I, I think that we might say that's been one of the more impressive things about the last few weeks, right? Like that after the the, the disappointment, the bitterness of the Pittsburgh thing, which was mm-hmm. as brutal as it could be. I mean, there, that is, it, you are hard-pressed to find a more brutal way to lose a football game. 
Um, the way that they responded to that and got right back on the horse, I it, it probably is a statement about all of these things that we keep talking about with this team. And then, do you have somebody that you could give me as an a, an unsung hero? Like, if we did the the first half superlatives, is there somebody that you feel like maybe doesn't get enough credit for what they've done for this team to this point? Um, so I've had a couple conversations with Kyle Hamilton. Okay. Um, and he is a stellar young man, and he's only his second season. But getting to watch him play, he plays so fast. Yep. His size is just freakish. I mean, tall, long. I loved it yesterday when he dropped that interception that he immediately just dropped down and did push-ups. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to throw my hat in the uh, Kyle Hamilton ring. I'm good with that one. He's a playmaker. Uh, he's a special talent. And, um, again, it's, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches when you look around and you're like, oh, right, and <laughs> Kyle Hamilton, too. On top of yeah. everything else, there's also and Kyle County, Hamilton. Maybe also like uh maybe an unsung dude he's just really come in and like yes. man he's made his presence felt the number the number seven win rate amongst all edge rushers in the nfl for a guy that was just sitting around waiting for a phone call for a little uh -huh. while it is yep. it is really crazy um sherry these are going to be like the easiest conversations we'll ever have right <laughs> like yeah <laughs> i mean we just call you and say hey let's talk about how great things are for the ravens you cool with that <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go all the way to Vegas. Let's right. go to the Super Bowl with these guys. Let's let's do it. Uh, what's up next for you? So I will be back with Ravens Sunday, big game against the Browns, um, and then also be there for Thursday night football. Wow. All right. So you're camped out for the next couple of weeks. I am. Yeah, bring on all the football and all the crab cake. Excellent. At Sherry Burris, S-H-E-R-R-E-E-B-U-R-R-U-S-S on Twitter is how you find it. All the doubles. You got it. Yeah, right? Sherry, always appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Let's do it again real soon, all right? Sounds great, Glenn. Thanks. Sherry Burris with us here on GCR. Appreciate her taking the time for us. Again, these are... I, I, I don't even know how to try to create controversy if I wanted to. Like, what What do you... They might not be the best team in football. Whoa! Watch out for all hot take Joe. Like, what the hell would I do to try to create controversy? Life is good for the Ravens. Not for my kidneys. Life is good for the Ravens and for football fandom and those things. That said, we're going to talk to Jeremy about my kidneys. That's what's going to happen. I got I got stuff to deal with. Which it's so funny. We were talking about old man things last week. We were just last week talking about how many drips when you pee, those types of things, and then I ended up getting a kidney stone and being in the God. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan. He joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Visit Harford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR, and if you are continuing to celebrate the Ravens' 7-2 and start to the season, where else would you want to be but Guilford Hall Brewery tomorrow night for the next Tyus Bowser show? It's a partnership press box and grade 8's memorabilia. It is brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will be there tomorrow night with Tyus and a very special guest. <clears throat> Please, if you don't mind. Don't ask me. Don't ha- when I know, I'll tell you. I promise you. Glenn, who's the guest? I I swear to God, I am not hiding anything from you. Okay, all right, that's it. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I do know, but I'm not allowed to say. But I can't tell you either, Ryan or Joe or Jeff or Mary or whoever you are. What about Jeremy? No, I can't. Well, uh, no. But I <laughs> I tell Jeremy everything when I whisper it into his ear late at night. Um, 
Wait, uh, that's me. Wait, once I'm allowed to, I'll tell you. That's a promise. It's a promise that as soon as I am given the go-ahead to tell you who the guest is, I will do it. For the record, at the moment, I don't know. I'm not hiding anything from you. I don't know who Tyus's guest will be tomorrow night, but I look forward to it. Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North tomorrow night, Tyus Bowser Show. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Of course, he is at ConcreteLocks.com, 105.7 The Fan, Big Bad Morning Show. He's our buddy Jeremy Kahn, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Dude, remember we were talking about old man health issues last week? Remember that? Oh, yeah, and then you, you come down with your kidney stones again, huh? And some gallstones at it. Oh, God. All right, uh, so I have a couple of things for you. In... Well, can I make a guess at who the guest is going to be? Am I allowed to do that or no? You yeah. Like, yeah. Who... I, think the one that make, I think there's one that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Keaton Mitchell. I think Keaton Mitchell will make a whole heck of a lot of sense. I, here's yeah. the th- I Every week, I feel like everybody has asked me, is that the week that Geno Stone's going to come out? I, ah. I I know Tyus has been working on a bunch. There's a bunch of different guys that told Tyus at the beginning of the year, I'm definitely coming on this season. I don't well, know that. Did Gino's cousin come out this weekend? Kidney Stone? Kidney Stone, yep. Oh, by the way, John Proctor pulled that yesterday, right? John ah. Pro- yeah, but that's the level. That's the water you're swimming in now. Proctor. Yeah, I, I just lowered myself to that. Proctor oh, zoomed into our postgame show. I was like, wow, John Proctor's here. I don't. That's weird. What's he doing? And it was to come on. He was like, "Dude, I just want to talk about Gino Stone, right? Uh, Gino, and I'm pretty sure he's got a new nickname, Kidney Stone." And I was like, "You son oh. of a bitch! This is what we're doing. <laughs> this is what we're doing here." Um, I know that that Tyus, like at the beginning of the year, went to a bunch of different guys and said, "Hey, can, you know, are you committed to do a show this year?" I'm gonna guess Gino Stone and Keaton Mitchell weren't on that list. <laughs> like, weren't guys that he had talked to at the beginning of the year. So I, I, I. Don't doubt that Tyus is going to work to get those guys out. And God, it would be cool if it was Keaton. What a what a effing special story it is, man! Yeah, like just an awesome. an awesome, awesome story to see it play out this way. Before we get to the Ravens, let me spend a couple mm-hmm. of minutes. I want to talk about this. T- In what way are you most old manish? What is like the most old man thing about you, Jeremy Con? Uh, there's a lot of them now. I mean, I mean, the, the easy thing is my body. It's just breaking down and. Um, I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm aging rapidly. Um, but you know, I, I think now like I'm, ter- I've turned into, you know, when you become the old man is when music becomes noise to you. Oh. Um, and there's a lot of new music that's just absolute noise and trash. Anytime I see something called a blue face or a little something or oh. whatever, like, oh. not, like I love rap. That's not even music. I'm sorry. You guys can take that stuff, throw it in the garbage. Dude, um, th- that is, a, that is so high on. Do you remember the episode of South Park where, um, and I don't even remember who who it was. Was it Kyle? Just was like everything is shit. Like why is everything shit? Yeah. And 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 they just said, hey, that happens at a certain age. And like I remember watching it, whatever it was, ten, twelve years ago, and being like, huh, that's funny to think about. And then there was a day where I just woke up and said, oh my god, <laughs> like yeah. that's exactly. And the piece at which I gave up care. Like I remember, it used to be a thing for me to look at like the Billboard Hot 100. And try to figure out like it, how far on the list I had to go to get to a song that I didn't know. I, I, this is a straight yeah. shoot, Jeremy. When I was younger, I would pull up because it was always I always want to know what the the hot number one song was. I would pull up the Billboard Hot 100 once every few weeks and be like, boy, how you know in the 40s maybe I get to a song and be like, I don't know what that song is. That's wild. Or like you know seven of the top 100 songs I wouldn't know them. 
the bit for me now is to pull up the Billboard 100 and see how long it takes for me to get to a song that I know. Like, yeah. I don't know any of them. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, too, I, I, as you look at things and we're moving, like, the other thing that's happening to me is I'm falling behind in the times of electronics. Mm, and, mm. like, I used to be the guy that would hook up the video games, know where everything was, you know, and then now, like, I'm, I'm plugging something into a TV and I'm asking my son, which, which one of these apps is it on or how do I get to it? And so, like, technology is starting to pass me by a little bit more. I still haven't even got into the whole tapping my card thing. So, I, you know, like, those, those old man things are also relevant to me. I, I uh, okay, so I thought there's a, a a Twitter post that goes around every year on Father's Day that's like, hey, what's the most, in what way are you most a dad? And the idea is that, like, even if you're not a dad or if you're a woman, you're supposed to respond to it. And I used to say that the answer was that whenever anyone is at my house, I will ask them if they want me to make a fire. I, I, I don't know where it came from. I don't know when it happened. But at some point in my life, it could be the middle of the summer, if people are at my house... I will say, you guys want me to make a fire? And I don't know why. I can't pin... Some of it is the joy of making a fire, right? Like, some of it is I'm selfishly hoping that people do want me to make a fire, right? Like, there's a part of it's like, that would be a pleasant way to spend the day. But I, it's, it just came to me. Whenever anyone is at my house, I don't care who they are, people I've known for 50 years, people I've never seen before in my life, if you're a friend of my wife's that's just happened to be stopping by, would you like me to go make a fire? I don't. I do it all the time. But I have realized. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I remember time you make fire. I also remember time you make wheel. Yeah. Wheel was cool. Yeah. Well, so. not, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I when I was sitting in the emergency room on Saturday, I started line iteming everything that was going on. Like when they, because you get a, you get a kidney stone, they have to go like even if I and I knew I had a kidney stone because I had one once before, and so this time. I knew exactly what was happening to me. When I was in the car and the pain in my abdomen was like going from the entire side around to my back and it was screaming and I had to pull over three different times, I I knew what was happening. Oh, you got got hit while you were driving. Oh, it's dude, it was so awful. And I still like, I I had to call, because I was supposed to go to a football game. I had to call our buddy Gary Stein and be like, bro, I am begging you. I need you to come fill in for me. I will give you all of my notes. I will prepare, you know, all of that stuff. But I, what I kept thinking about was how, like, our, our medical system, I know I have a kidney stone, but I can't just, like, go tell somebody, I have a kidney stone, can you give me some drugs and get me out of here? It still had to be a six-hour production. A, a damn, I've got to pee for three different people. I've got to get blood drawn by three different people. I've got to do, like, I just want to be able to walk in and say, hi, Glenn, kidney stone, shoot me up, let me get out of here so I can go on with my life and pass this thing. I know I have it. And I'm sitting there in the, like, this this room in the emergency room, and I'm, I, I can't just say, hey, they're doing their job. They're, I'm, like, angry about the whole thing. I'm, they, yeah, they, because you're waiting for all that stuff, and you already know what it is. But I like I can't. I'm incapable of just saying, "Hey, th- these people are just—they're good people. They're doing their jobs. They're trying to make sure that I don't have anything worse going on." Like God knows, like what if they had done the this, the the blood test and been like, "Hey, by the way, yeah, you got a kidney stone, but you also have cancer, right?" Like I should have been capable of just saying, "Hey, chill out," but I can't do it. It is like the most old man I was 
was when the girl came in and said, it's time now for you to go to the CT scan. You have to get in this wheelchair. I was furious. All I could think oh, about boy. is like, what, so you could charge my insurance company another $1,000 for a wheelchair ride? Like, I, I couldn't help myself in those moments. And I had to apologize to these poor girls who were wonderful and couldn't be doing it because I was taking out my, like, inner dad on all of them over the entire experience. Yeah, and that's kind of like my, my um, kidney stone experience, and, and I'll, I'll give you the abbreviated version because yeah. I'm still angry at the hospital. I never got seen. Like, I... I they, I spent 12 hours in a hospital and they took me back, um, uh, to, uh, to get a, like, I got a, a shot of morphine cause I was, pain was coming back again. So I had the shot of Toradol in the afternoon, but like, it is weird when your first time going through it. And then you, when you realize the second time you're going through it, cause my first time going through kidney stones, I thought I might have COVID. Because mm. I was like dry mm. heaving, there was some yep. pain, but it wasn't like dude. That is you the, know, there was, when you're trying yeah. to get something out and nothing's coming out, right? Like yeah. I when because I went to the I went to whatever it was urgent care or whatever it was. I went there first, and like you just whatever is in you, you want out of you, and so you're trying yeah. to do anything you can to get it out to the point where like I'm trying to make myself vomit, but there's nothing there. Like there's. You can't get relief that way. It's very hard to describe to somebody. I actually, I actually drove back to. So I went to a patient first. They gave me a shot of Toradol. But the, the funny part of mine was like I took all these COVID tests and then they came back negative. So I called work and said, "Hey, I'm coming back in tomorrow. I don't feel good. I'm not comfortable, but I'm okay to work." And then a half an hour later, I collapsed in my kitchen. Yeah. And my wife had to take me to patient first, and I was in so much pain. I was an a hole to everyone. Yeah. Like I was so rude, and yep. so I actually like. And I always try to treat people kindly, whether you met me or not. If you feel that way, or you don't like me, whatever. But I always try to treat people kindly. And when I'm out of line, and I know I'm out of line, I go back and apologize. So I drove back up there and apologized to everyone. Oh, that's... I said anything rude or whatever. Like, it's just not who I want to be, but I was MFing everyone because I was in so much pain. I couldn't breathe. Dude, it's so. I, when, when you try to explain it to somebody who hasn't been through it, it's it's almost impossible. You try to tell the stories. Like, you tell the stories of how many women will tell you they would rather go through childbirth than go through kidney stones, right? Like, you try to tell the story of I, the lady at the in the emergency room on Saturday said to me, because she was like, you know, it, it, she started the conversation by saying, hey, yours, it's not a very big kidney stone. And I was like, that, that, that's, she was like, that doesn't matter. Like the pain is the same no matter what. It's just because the, the stone's moving towards your urethra. But then she said, I had an army vet in here a couple weeks ago who had a kidney stone. And he told me he had been shot in the back and it was less painful than this. <laughs> and I said, I believe that. It is, it is impossible to explain what that pain is like if you've never experienced it it yeah, is like i couldn't hell. breathe i had tears rolling down my face i'm trying to catch my breath i couldn't even tell him what was going on i said i'm just in pain and i don't know where oh my go. dude the doctor yeah. that's trying to like do shtick i swear to god i might be the nicest human i i went because again i went first to the patient first. then they like make you go to the hospital afterwards like the first time i just went straight to the er because i didn't know what was going on i was like this time i'm like i know i have a kidney stone let me just go to the patient first and they got the tour all in me and then i was okay i could drive myself to the emergency room from there yeah. um but like the well, the doctor at the patient first or whatever it was i can't i'm sorry i don't remember the name of the place was but the yeah. guy comes in and he's like trying to be pleasant and he's trying to have fun and he's trying to and i it's all going, I can't even hear the words he's saying. I'm just like, guy, get to it. Like, get, look at me. <laughs> look at yeah, me. I, see, I had one of the weirdest experiences at patient first because when the doctor came in, 
you know, he looked at my chart and he looked at me and he goes, you, you have to stop masturbating. <laughs> I said, why, Doc? He said, I'm about to do the exam. So then that's when I realized I'm not allowed to do that in a patient. Thank first. you. So, Thank yeah, you. Sorry. Did you see Al Snow's over the weekend, by the way? Did I see who? Al, okay, do you know Al Snow, the pro wrestler? Yes. I know okay, who's now star of that show, The Wrestlers, on Netflix, which is very good. If you haven't watched it, you should watch I it. watched it. Oh, dude, it's, it's the same people that did Last Chance U. They're okay. just doing. They took the last chance you concept and took it to an independent wrestling promotion that is oh, run by Al Snow. Cool. It's wonderful. <laughs> Al Snow uh, tweeted the following on uh, Saturday: Next time you feel down, remember life is all about perspective. I have a friend who has sex two to three times a day, exercises twice a day, reads two books a week, and yet every day he complains about how much he hates prison. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a really good yeah. one, man. That's a really good one that I enjoyed. <laughs> I, I a definitely great deal. said that to Ed a couple of times. Yeah, but, right. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, you know, like the the whole thing, and it's in pain. I'm just saying this to somebody else. Like men inherently, they're they're crybabies when it comes to like having a head cold because I'm just now getting over mine. And I know we all feel the same way. It's just miserable, and I don't know if it's for guys that talk for a living, like waking yeah. up in the morning and trying to clear out so you can actually speak. And, uh, and you're miserable. You don't feel like talking, but, uh, but those things always drive me insane. But I, I'd never felt outside of like the, the hot tooth I had, I'd never felt pain. Like I felt with kidney stones and I, it, it's 50, 50 for me, which one was worse. Like, you know, tooth pain is just, yep. I like, I, nothing's ever made me want to jump off a bridge more than that tooth pain. Oh, well, yeah, that's where I am in my life. That's what I have to, and literally the girl, and, and I, I also was incredulous too in the ER. I'm like, I don't, I don't drink anymore. I work out every day. What, what the, the hell? I eat fairly well. Like, I, I mean, honest to God, about as well as anybody my age could. You know what I mean? Like, reasonably. And I'm like going through all this list of things, and she looks at me. She's like, Yeah, I guess that doesn't really make sense if you're doing that and drinking a lot of water. And I like stopped in my tracks. I'm like, Oh, oh, right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. right. The water? Right. I got to drink that too. Not that thing. Yes, John Colson just brought me another one. Look, look at me. Uh, we're gonna. Hey, we should sell Colson uh, hydration breaks into the show. We need somebody to sponsor mandatory hydration breaks like they do in soccer. I think that's Doesn't a good. Brown sponsor them already. You can go to that's, Crown Royal. Uh, you know what? Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. That that's uh, that's where we are in life. All right, all right. I love you. You know, I almost feel like when I come on with you and then we do segments. You should treat it as like uh, Howard Stern when he was uh, telling the story about his wife having a miscarriage, and like right in the middle of it, he gives out the time and weather. Oh, seven uh, fifteen, and then you should just right in the middle of it, you should go. And then I saw that the, the baby was in the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just drop it in. Just drop in the scores of our home teams and if they won or not, as we talk about things that aren't sports. WNBC. Uh, <laughs> God, pig oh. vomit. Oh. All right. Um. So I don't. How do we talk about like th- this? Is the di- this week? It's almost difficult to do radio in Baltimore because things are just good, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, what what would you say? Well, how do you? The weird thing today, Glenn. We, we got a bunch of like negative phone calls. How? Like, how I, could you possibly get negative? What the f? We had somebody say Lamar was inconsistent. Oh, for that they didn't, God's They gave the ball sakes. to Gus when they got near the goal line, and teams are going to figure that out. That the special teams weren't great, um, and then of, of course. I mean, the one thing you can't complain about is ball security, but like, you know, I think you, there's a lot of games you can do. I got to take up shoot. There's a lot of games you can do that, and like Odell's where he's rolling over a guy. He is 
you know, he does kind of carry the ball like a loaf of bread at times, but that's kind of unlucky. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the, the second time we've seen this with Lamar and Justice Hill with a missed handoff, I, or look, whoever's fault it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, you could look at those things, but you, you dominated yeah. in almost every facet of the game. I, I think there is warranted conversation to be had about what Justice Hill's role is starts to be moving forward, right? And I'm not trying to, I, I think that Justice Hill is talented and does things well. He's actually very good in pass protection, but. If Keaton Mitchell can do that, I'm not sure what the argument is going to be for Justice Hill to be on the field moving forward over Keaton Mitchell. Yeah. I mean... And I, and I kind of agree with it. Like, he's one of the few guys, and I think at times with running backs, they'll deserve opportunities. But, like, you know, when you see a guy in training camp and people are like, oh, my God, I like him. And, and it, it always turns out to be something where someone's like, this wide receiver they fall in love with. I'll give you Jaleel Scott. You know, oh, this guy, wow. you can't put him on the practice squad. Somebody's yeah. going to steal him. Yeah. And, you know, people were screaming about it the entire time. But, like, in actuality, it's, you're going, yeah, but are they? No. And, right. and sometimes you feel that way. But, like, Keaton was one of those guys, when you saw him run the ball, you're like, I really like him. Like, I, I like what I'm seeing. I like how, like his the touchdown run, the offensive line did a phenomenal job. And then he just hit the hole and took it to the house. But how about Linderbaum on that other run? The long, I mean, he just... He put the women and children to bed and went hunting for supper. Correct. He laid somebody out and said, I'm still hungry, and he wanted to go hit somebody else. Man, yep. It was just – it was great to watch. And uh, you need games like that. But, in, but like, the thing that those games, when you see them playing the Lions in Seattle and they blow them out, it always makes you wonder, like, where is that in a week-to-week situation? Why, why don't we see that team when you face Cincinnati or when you face Cleveland? You know, like, it doesn't feel like you get it that often. I, I – DVOA says they're not just the best team in football. DVOA says they're one of the best teams in the history of football. Now I'm gonna yeah, number three. Right. I'm gonna settle down on that part of it. And also, who cares about being the best team in football at the midway point of the season? As I said earlier, what what stupid fly by night embarrassing league would give out championships in the middle of a season? Right. And like paint paint goofy things on courts and pretend like the middle of the season matters. And I mean, nobody would do that. That would be insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I. I I say this to say, like, I do think, like, I don't think it would be crazy for Ravens fans this week to start, like, looking at what the price of a flight to Vegas would be. I'm like, get it refundable. Like, I'm not saying the Ravens are going to be in the Super Bowl, but I think it's warranted to say that they have something that if they can stay largely healthy, right, like, particularly a few places, stay healthy, obviously, quarterback, I don't think it's nuts to start talking about this team as genuinely having a chance to do something special. But being in Vegas for the Super Bowl, is there anything like it? Like, there's nothing. It's not a bad thing, even if your team's not there. So, like, let's yeah, that's true. But today, it's it's going to be ex- dude. Yeah. Dude, think about that. You and I know from having done the number of Super Bowls that we've done over the years. Like, price gouging for an Indianapolis Super Bowl is out of control. Now oh, yeah. imagine what price gouging is going to be for a Las Vegas Super Bowl. Like, think about if you just want to go out and get, like, some chicken and waffles on a Tuesday, it's going to cost you $150. Like, I, I was really thinking about this last night because, like, I am going to have the conversation this week at Pressbox about what our plans will be if the Ravens make the Super Bowl. Like, I, it is going to be the most hellacious cost Super Bowl there's ever been and I like New York was not great but New York is spread out enough that like if you get they, they can't price not everyone can price gouge you in New York right like Indianapolis was centered so like there was nowhere to go like when you were in Indianapolis 
you had to pay whatever they were charging because the entire town exists in about eight blocks, and they all got together and agreed to price gouge you that way. Las Vegas, based on the size and based on what they do anyway, Las Vegas will be the greatest price gouge Super Bowl. In, I, 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 you will not be able to afford anything that week. It, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, seeing seeing the way that things the price gets driven up on on a lot of different things, uh, it's definitely going to happen at the Super Bowl. I remember the one Super Bowl not making much money in radio. I think we ate at Hooters four days out of the week. I mean, that well, was the only. I was going to. I was going to say, what are you, t- dude? I was telling John Colson a story. I I don't know if you were there. I remember Zeno being there. Maybe you were there with us too. One night we got invited out. Um, Ray drew the former employer and I to have dinner with. Um, Jim Nance and Nick Faldo, right? And so Drew, of course, was completely naked. Like, he just showed up nude to the event. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ray and I got in there, and within five minutes, Ray said, I'm out. And I said, and I, I, I knew, I realized what he was saying, but I had to see it for another 15 minutes in order to fully realize it. He said, I'll be at Hooters. Come meet me when you realize you don't want to be here anymore. And I was like, Oh, okay. And 15 minutes later, I texted him and said, where's the Hooter? Yeah, on my way. <laughs> because the person that you would assume made it all about themselves, made it all about themselves, and the rest of... Like, this is how badly Drew loves Jim Nance and Nick Faldo. He put up with it. He dealt with it. Oh, I, I, I'd be willing to bet that. But did you tell Ray, did you do the old Michael Scott and say, hey, I'll have the chicken breast? <laughs> uh, no chicken. See how it worked did out. not. I did not do that. I can't remember. I think Casey was there and Zeno was there. I just remember like me walking in, like holy f. I just let, I like, walked into Hooters dressed up because we had been at like this nice place for this dinner with Jim Nance and Nick Faldo, and I legitimately just walked it. Ray and I just walked out of dinner with Jim Nance and Nick Faldo. We just got up and said, <laughs> "We gotta go. Like we can't. We cannot be here." <laughs> most awful experience ever, man. Dude, let yeah, me tell you another thing. There's a oh, now I totally get. Yeah, dude, that's the night. I get it now. The night was in. Poor Drew is like trying to talk to Nick Faldo about like the Masters, right? Like Drew, you know, he's 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 masturbating in front of him, and did, this guy I just was say, did I. Go ahead. You, you finish your story. No, the guy's like, hey, you know, CBS, huh? Well, let me, let, me, let me tell you about what we got going on. Let me tell you why what we're doing is better. What the? I, the first time I ever got called for a television appearance when uh, the whole steroid controversy started okay. and Raphael Palmero got busted, CNN actually called the radio station and they were looking for somebody and they said, who do you have? I said, well, our morning show guys are on the air right now. I host in the evenings and, you know, like, um, they're like, oh, so you're one of the hosts there? Do you mind doing it? I said, no, I'd love to do it. So I called. Nestor to let him know that I had this great opportunity. You didn't get to see me on CNN later that afternoon. You got oh, to see him because he thought it was, it was perfectly suited for him. Of course. So that douchebag took my opportunity to be on TV for the first time in my life. You know, the, so. the steroid expert, right? Like, that, that, was, yeah. that was the guy. In fairness, I mean. Dude, they want to hear about my road trips. You know, I swear to God, man. I swear to God. And Ray saw it coming from a mile away. Like, Ray, I, I even remember him being like, I don't even know that I want to show up. Like, I think Ray was, like, trying to, because uh, we are, we have been friends for a long time with the PR people that were involved. Ray was like, I will go say hello. And, like, because Jim Nance is maybe the nicest human being. By the way, Jim Nance also invited me before the game on Sunday to come hang out with him in the booth ahead of time. And I got a kidney stone. So I feel real good about that. 
Um, Jim's like the nicest human being alive. So Gray was like, I'm going to go exchange pleasantries. But I even remember him as we were leaving being like, this isn't going to last long. Like, I'm, there's just no way. And five minutes in, and I was just like, I don't, I don't, man, like, we're, we're out of here with Jim Nance and Nick Faldo. This is nice. Ten, <laughs> ten minutes later, ten minutes later, I said to myself, oh, boy, I understand. I got it. Yeah, look, and I get it, too, because, like, when you're around people where the entire, like, no matter what we're talking about, they have to be the center of the story and everything else, yep. and they've got to be in on it, and I need you to look at me because yep. I almost died because, you know, I was in New Orleans two weeks before Hurricane <laughs> Katrina hit. What if I had stayed? You know, I might be dead. Right. Like, come on, dude. Oh, God. The number of times that somebody would be like, uh, you know, we, we'd have somebody come around, they talk about, like, how they had cancer, and they'd be like, dude, I, you know, I, my, my back kind of hurts. So, like, I... Uh, you know, really, the story is about me. Yeah. <laughs> if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. Well, count the ten on your fingers. Let me know. How oh that anyway, no, see, no! You did this. I you did brought this, this out it's, of me. It's on no, me. Sorry. All right, <laughs> all right. What's going on this week on the Big Bad Morning Show? Yeah, we we had a little bit of fun today with uh, Preston being in with Monday Morning Quarterback, but you know we'll be focusing on the Browns this week. Um, you know, the dominating win they had over Arizona and whoever the hell tune is. Um, I mean, that was just one of the worst games we've seen. But a lot of focus on that, of course, and then, uh, you know, getting into NBA, NHL, all the other stuff is starting up, and college basketball starting That's up. Right. So That's right. That's uh, right. Picks every day, ConcreteLocks.com. Make sure you signed up um, at Jcon Sports on Twitter is how you follow them. Love you, buddy. Talk to you next Monday, all right? Thanks, guys. I'll see you. It's Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan with us here on uh, GCR. All right, let's dish out some Pats on the Ass, shall we? Pats on the Ass are brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Ryan, you want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Yeah, uh, was luck not on your side in your recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland? We'll get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. Between now and January 4th, 2024, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing slips into the second chance to win drum, and two nights a week, 20 winners will be chosen. Prizes range from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Apparel, Sports and Social Ultimate Happy Hour, cash and, fr- and free play prizes up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, uh, you know the deal. You pick five Ravens, you rank them five to one. Two of your players must be offensive players. Two of them must be defensive players. The fifth can be another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. It's a wild card. Number one, of course, being your man of the match. Here we go. Oh, and uh, Griffin sent me his as well, so all three of us will be chiming in. And he's not here for me to yell at him about his list, although I don't even know that I can yell. He's had some bad lists this year. Some really bad lists at times. But um, there, there really are a, a, a litany of options that you could have chosen from this week. So it's going to be hard for me to complain about anybody that uh, got on or off a list. Um, my number five this week, I, I just feel like we have to continue. And I, and I hate it because it meant I had to leave a lot of other guys off. Like I had to leave Mark Andrews off my list. Mark Andrews would have been sixth on my list. Justin Matabike would have been on my list. I don't know exactly what, but like I... I had to put Mike McDonald on the list again. It's just, it's unbelievable what they're doing. And it's not all on him. A lot of it is the players. But I I don't, I, there was at no moment during the course of the game 
where it felt like the Seahawks were comfortable. The Seahawks had one functional offensive play all day. All day. I have no choice but to recognize the defensive coordinator when the performance is that dominating. So my number five is Mike McDonald. Ryan, who you got? Uh, my number five, I am going to go with, I think you talked about him with, uh, with Jeremy Kahn there in the last segment. Uh, I'm going to go center Tyler Linderbaum. That, that one uh, on the Keaton Mitchell touchdown, he literally blocked the same guy twice. He got up and then blocked him again. I think he could have blocked about five more guys on that run. I think we're going to be getting into the conversation here shortly about Tyler being the best center in football. Uh, you know, everyone talks about all the money that the Ravens are going to have to pay up for, you know, Justin Matabike and Geno Stone and, and um, Patrick Queen and all that. I think down the road, I think the Ravens are going to have to put some money in the piggy bank for Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, he's number four on my list, so I, and he'll show up on Griffin's list as well. Griffin went with Mark Andrews at number five, said he's still the guy on third down, love that everyone is involved in the pass game, but he's clearly the safety blanket and somehow always open. I, I said this before the season began. Like, when everybody – when I was and I was a regular on um, – uh, Michael Fabiano's show on Sirius XM Fantasy, and every time somebody would say, well, you know, like, which one of the wide receivers? I kept trying to find the right way to say, like, hey, I think that this, but the truth is, don't kid yourself, this is still Mark Andrews' offense. Like, don't, don't, don't get it twisted, as Jonathan Gannon would say. Um, it, it's still going to be Mark Andrews' offense. And he didn't make my list yesterday, but it, he was great, so I have no problem with him being on Griffin's list. Yeah, uh, my number four was Tyler Linderbaum, and I'm I'm with you. I, he's almost speaking on when you run for 300 yards, you got to represent the offensive line some way on that list, and because in part because of the play, you know we all saw the same thing. But I thought he was great all day long. So Tyler Linderbaum was on my list as well. He was my number four. My number four is a guy that uh, actually didn't make like a big amount of plays on Sunday. But with the fact that he's been there or that he's on the that he's on the field healthy, uh, you see his impact, and that's Marlon Humphrey. I mean, if you look at the box score, the only guy for the uh, for the Seahawks that really had some numbers that was glaring was Jackson Smith uh, Najigba. But if you look at DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they combined for four catches for uh, eighty two yards. And I know Marlon's not making the interceptions this year. I know there's not a lot of, a lot of there's not a lot of fruit punches in this year, but uh, I think the fact that that passing game got limited yesterday, I think Marlon's impact is, uh, should be mentioned. I know I said there couldn't be a wrong answer. There was way too many guys that were impactful yesterday for me to even consider. So I didn't realize that we could have the same guys. That I remember we used to play but this. That was game. a different thing years ago. Don't give me a real list. Give me a. Don't just pick five random guys. I'm not give picking. Me a, what? I think even even if we were allowed to have the same players, I would put Marlon Humphrey on my list. No, there are way too many guys that were way too impactful on the game for me to get. The, not to say that Marlon Humphrey was bad yesterday. He wasn't. It just way too many guys that had too much of an impact on the game for me to consider that. Uh, Griffin picked somebody who is much higher on my list. He picked Kyle Van Noy as his number four. Um, I will tell you that Kyle Van Noy is higher on my list, and we'll get back to it in a minute. My number three is Geno Stone, and it's not just because of the interception. Like, he kept making plays as the game went on. Like, he started making some big tackles, which is cool to see. Um, I, I've, I've had this weird... I have not been able to define how we talk about Geno Stone because the interception number is real. It's a thing. Do you know who's second in the NFL interceptions right now? No. The truth is, you wouldn't know who was first if it wasn't Geno Stone. 
right? Like it's a weird, the interception stat is always odd because sometimes it's just the guy that gets thrown at, right? Like you get the most opportunities, whereas... Is it the guy with the Cowboys has like the three interceptions for touchdowns? Um, I don't remember who that is, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't, who... That's probably your point. That's, you just you don't, don't even know who has the... I don't remember who that is. Uh, currently in second, oh, this must be the guy, Deron Bland. Yep. There you go. Cur- uh, he's tied with someone else I've never heard of named Paul Sanadebo from the Saints. Sometimes interceptions are just, you're the guy that's there. And a couple of times this year, Geno Stone has gotten gift interceptions. Like, and we got to be... The ball just happened to be thrown terribly, and he was the guy that was there. But I thought yesterday he had a more complete game. I have, you know, the thing that you said a minute ago about guys you got to pay, I've made peace with Geno Stone probably won't be a Raven moving forward. I, I, I I don't know how much of this they say is he's special versus it's just kind of worked out this year. And if somebody wants to pay Geno Stone a boatload of money because of the number of interceptions that he's had, I think the Ravens, in in plotting out who they're going to pay, will probably end up saying, we can't pay an extraordinary amount of money just because someone had a, 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 a wild number of interceptions this season. But it doesn't change the fact that it's happening. And I thought he was more complete yesterday than just a guy who's gotten some interceptions. So Geno Stone shows up at number three on my list. Yeah, Geno Stone's my also number three. Same point. Like, you saw some things that he was doing outside the box score. He had a couple pass defenses. That interception was amazing. I think he could, he could have probably had another one. The the Geno Stone. I, and I thought that was a pretty cool story. With And, I, and uh, you know, you had me reach out to Glenn Eunice last night to see if we can get Ed Reed on the show. And uh, Gino apparently had reached out to them about trying to get, do something for Ed Reed, and he, uh, they gifted him that that sweatshirt yesterday, That's which cool. was a pretty cool story. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, uh, by the way, for Griffin, number three is Linderbaum. Number two is Gino Stone. My number two is where you find Kyle Van Noy. And the reason is very simple. There was only one time during the course of the day where there was any jeopardy at all to that game. There was only one moment where the game could have been different. And that was after Odell Beckham's fumble. Because all of a sudden, there's a little bit of momentum. All of a sudden, in a game where the Seahawks are doing nothing, suddenly they're on the board, they get points, then they get the ball back in really good field position. And it's easy to second guess, should the Ravens have been as aggressive as they were when they got the ball when they did, right? Like, should they have been more content to just, like, run the ball, go to the half, you're up 14-3, to you're dominating. Well, now imagine if the Seahawks go and score, make get a touchdown. Now, all of a sudden, it's 14-10 at the half, and those demons of games that you had no business losing earlier in the season perhaps start to creep in a little bit. So the only point in the game at which there was any threat whatsoever was right then, first and 10 from the Baltimore 43. And then on consecutive plays, Cal Van Noy sacks and then strip sacks. Geno Smith gives the Ravens the ball in good field position. Instead of it being seven points one way, it's three points the other way, a potential 10-point swing, courtesy of Kyle Van Noy, and there is no longer any threat whatsoever. In fact, the moment was so important that I almost made him number one on my list. Because I, I do think that we lose 
touch of what people are doing in circumstances sometimes. And the circumstances when Kyle Van Noy was making plays were the only circumstances where the game was in any amount of jeopardy. He wasn't the most dominant player from minute one to minute 60, but when the game was on the line, Kyle Van Noy was the one that stepped up and made the plays. Kyle Van Noy is my number two. My number two, and uh, we talked about it with Jay Gruden earlier, my number two is Lamar, and I know, you know, obviously he didn't have a huge impact, you know, being taken out in the fourth quarter, but, you know, he's not going to, you know, if you look at the box score, it's not it's not the, the Lamar Jackson MVP numbers or anything like that, but the fact that he was able to kind of run through this offense, orchestrate it the way that it was drawn up, give it to uh, Gus Edwards when he needed to, give it to Keaton Mitchell whenever he needed to, you know, you just, you just can't, you just, you just, you just can't take it. You just can't take him for granted for what Lamar did, even though that doesn't look like the numbers of that there in the box score. It's a weird list, man. You got a weird list this time. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be overly critical because I. I certainly don't think he had a. I just think there were too many options that were too impactful for 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 me to get to. Lamar. I, like. I thought he was fine. Like I just didn't. I didn't think he was the story necessarily of what happened yesterday. Um, it's a weird list. Interesting. Um, yeah, Gino was number two for Griffin. And look, I, 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 I really did have to think about it. I think that we all defaulted, and everybody that's responded has defaulted to Keaton Mitchell being number one. And I get it. I, I do understand. But I think part of it is like the emotion of it that it's just really cool to see, and we're loving it. The truth is, a lot of that came as the, right. the game was already out of hand, and so. I could argue Kyle Van Noy over Keaton Mitchell, but ultimately on a day where there were a lot of choices, when you look at a box score and you see that one guy ran for 138 yards and 15 yards per carry, you kind of have to acknowledge that. So Keaton Mitchell is indeed number one. He is at the top of the list, and he was my man of the match. Uh, mine is Mike McDonald. I know all the people on Twitter yesterday were we were kind of doing the things about trying to not drum up support for Mike McDonald, so that you know yeah. maybe if there's a team know, president a, or team a, owner that's somewhere, a, that's a Rita thing for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was pretty funny. Just all the people trying to trying to dump on uh, on Mike McDonald, so that he doesn't that he's not, he's not the next Ravens defensive coordinator to get a head coaching job. How funny is it that literally about a year ago after the Dolphins game, people were trying to run him out of the city, and now suddenly you know people want Harbaugh fired, so he gets promoted to be the head coach, like. It's funny how literally how much can change in a year. So Mike McDonald's my number one. Uh, you know what? That's not as bad as some of the other things on your list. It's, you got a weird list. It's a very weird list. Like Mike I said, McDonald, I thought I was, thought we were playing this under the old rules. Maybe, where maybe should have talked about that. It's a very weird list. But well, Mike McDonald was on my list. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, he was on my list. So that wouldn't even qualify. Weird list. But I I'm not. Did you know no, the Dolphins went out to Germany thank a you day for before? Us know that, and it made a big difference. Yeah, as you could tell when they scored no points in the yeah. first half. Clearly, very impactful that they went out there earlier. I had heard that before, believe it or not. Uh, Keaton Mitchell also number one on Griffin's list. We'll get it all up at Glenn Clark Radio, or no, uh, at GlennClarkRadio.com is where we will post Pat's on the ass a little bit later on today. All right. Um, I feel like there was something else that I wanted to cover today. But I forgot what it was. So let's just go. Did you do a tidbit? I did. Very good. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Well, yesterday uh, we did see Odell Beckham finally get his first Ravens touchdown, and it happened to be on his 31st birthday. And then there was also the accomplishment of uh, Keaton's mom, also her birthday today or yesterday. Uh, so two Ravens kind of starring, uh, you know, putting on memorable performances on birthdays out there. Uh, I looked at some of the actually some of the memorable uh, NFL performances on certain players' birthdays. Mm. Uh, I have five of them. Do you want me to list all five, or do you want me to kind of cut it down? Mm, let's see how interesting they are. All right. Uh, my number five was uh, Brett Favre on his 30th birthday on October 10th, 1999. He threw four touchdowns and 399 yards against the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Plus, noted good guy. Well, the, ironically enough, in the uh, I looked at that season. Uh, he actually that season they went eight and eight. The Packers went eight and eight that year, How about that? and missed the playoffs. Uh, number four was uh, was Warren Moon uh, on his 34th birthday, which was November 18th, 1990. He threw for thir- 322 yards and five touchdowns against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Isaac Bruce had another memorable performance on his birthday, November 10th, 2002. He had 163 yards and three touchdowns. Most of these players are guys that put up big numbers in a lot of games. A lot of games, right. It just happened. Not like it was a weird anomaly that they had. They played their heart out on their birthday. Then why why wasn't Odell doing anything before his birthday? Well, I mean, it's not like he did a ton on his (laughs) birthday. He just happened to have a touchdown. I, I, I completely forgot, by the way, that he, like, uh, Sherry Burris mentioned this, like, Tyler Huntley threw that touchdown, not Lamar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, another performance on his birthday. Well, they don't have enough wide receivers on the roster to, like, empty out. You know, like, I think a lot of people were saying, was it forced? Like, did they force Odell Beckham to stay on the field so they could try to get the touchdown? Maybe. But they also, like, it, it, this isn't the preseason when you've right. got 60 other guys. You have five wide receivers on the roster. Somebody's got to be on the field if you're going to keep throwing. Did the Seahawks leave their like their first team defense in at that point, or was it I like don't, I don't remember? Yeah, I well, was I was pretty checked out. Yeah. on that. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson on uh, November 29th. A lot of November birthdays in here on his 27th birthday. Well, in fairness, their birthday couldn't be in July, Ryan. <laughs> well, there's four months. It wouldn't work. Uh, he threw five touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which which we enjoy. Yeah. And then uh, my top or the top uh, per- performance on a birthday, Bo Jackson on his 24th birthday, he actually set the then r- on his rushing 21st record. 21st birthday? Uh, 25th. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, my sinuses. Yeah. Uh, he then he set the then record uh, rushing record on his birth on his birthday, 221 yards. Well, that was surpassed by a few folks over the years, but um, I love Bo Jackson. Okay, that's an interesting list. That's uh, that's what you got. Yep. All right, very good. I came up with, or I didn't come up with this. I found it on. Uh, when I was trying to get some uh, context on the season that uh, Geno Stone is having. Um, these are the players. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven Ravens, including Geno Stone. So ten other Ravens all time have had five or more interceptions in a season. This is from Rocco DeSangro on Twitter from Fox 45. Can you name the other ten Ravens to have had at least five interceptions in a season? Uh, was one of them the legend of the game on Sunday, Chris McAllister? I uh, certainly was. He did it two times. Okay. Um, Dwayne Starks? Dwayne Starks did it once. I, no, sorry. Dwayne Starks did it three times. Um, Rod Woodson? Rod Woodson did it twice. Uh, Ed Reed? Of course, did it the most seven times. Um, Samari Roll? Samari Roll never did it. Huh. Not as a Raven. Another, um, another one that's surprising that isn't on the list. Oh, uh, Ladarius Webb? Ladarius Webb did, yes. Ladarius Webb. So how many have I gotten? Gotten five. Halfway there. Um, And what's the number? Five interceptions in a season. Kim Herring? Kim Herring never did it. Uh, Eric Weddle? Eric Weddle did. Um, Will Demps? Will Demps did not. 
Dewan Landry. Dewan Landry did, yes. So you are seven tenths of the way home. One. Uh, is there a linebacker in there? There is a linebacker in there. Ray Lewis? Yes, Ray Lewis. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get the other two. I think we could be here for a while and you would not get the other two. What year? Can you? Is there a year on there? Uh, no, but I could probably tell you they're both very early on. So it's not Jimmy Smith, which is the surprising one that isn't on the list. Um, Corey Graham? No, I said very early. Very early. Very early on is what we're talking about. Um, one would have been in 96 in the first season, and the other would have been... I'm going to guess it was either 96 or 97. Uh, 96. They both were in 96 when they Ravens had a terrible defense. Was a third and long Deron Jenkins? It was not Deron Jenkins, no. No. I, I, I don't have enough. Antonio Langham had five interceptions in 96, as did this one. Uh, this guy was a player, Eric Turner. Yeah. Also had five interceptions in 96. I didn't realize Eric Turner was only here for one season before he went to Oakland. That one I would have missed. But, yes, that's the list. Those are the guys that have had – Five interceptions or more in a season. Now joined, of course, obviously by Geno Stone, who's up to six after yesterday. All right, let's get tubular. Tubular is brought to you by Superbook. Of course, Monday Night Football tonight. Right now, Jets, three-and-a-half-point dogs at home against a Chargers team that I don't know that you can trust. If I was to wander to Superbook at the moment, I probably would throw a couple of shekels on the New York Jets tonight to cover three-and-a-half against the Chargers. If you sign up at Superbook and use the code GlennClark23, you'll get up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Again, Superbook.com, download the Superbook app and use that code GlennClark23. Chargers, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road tonight in New York. That game on, of course, ABC and ESPN. There is also a Manning cast, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be part of it. I watched the Sly Stallone thing, the, the Netflix doc. Wonderful. I spent time with that on Saturday night when I was holed up. I spent time with that. I spent time with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony this weekend, as well as some, a lot of football. Uh, of course, college basketball season gets underway tonight. A uh, couple games, I don't know that anybody on the planet has the Pac-12 network, but if you do, Towson's at Colorado at 7.30, Morgan's at Arizona at 9.30. Maryland women open the night at 7 against Harvard. It's on Big Ten Network Plus. ESPN Plus for UMBC and Louisville at 7, Loyola in Florida at 8, Coppin State, Virginia Tech at 8, Navy Campbell at 8 on Flow Sports. The rest of the college basketball find at glennclarkradio.com. A couple of highlights, but they're, they're it's a bet. And, and, of course, it's on the same night that football season. Like, what is college basketball doing? Bump this back a night. Tomorrow. So stupid. But uh, True TV for Georgia and Oregon at 4.30 and TNT for USC Texas at 10. Um, M and uh, Monumental for Wizards Sixers tonight at seven. NBA TV Lakers Heat seven thirty. NHL Network Lightning Maple Leafs at seven. MLB Network the BBWAA Awards finalists will be announced. So presumably, Gunnar Henderson will be a finalist for Rookie of the Year, and Brandon Hyde will be a finalist for Manager of the Year. They'll announce the finalists tonight at six o'clock. Orioles go zero for three on the Gold Gloves. Did that bother you at all? N- no, <laughs> but only in like the. Was anybody robbed? I don't. I'm not going to pretend like I know enough about the defensive metrics of other players. I think they're good defensive players, so I think they would have been very deserving. But for me to pretend like I know who's more deserving, get no, <laughs> no, can't give you that. 
Um, and non-sports-wise, not a whole lot tonight either. Uh, I don't know what Gumbo Coalition is, but it's on Max, and if it involves Gumbo, I'm listening. <laughs> Big fan. I might try to have some Gumbo tonight. Um, I just don't know. I couldn't tell you what it is, but he, he put it on the list, so there you go. All right. Oh, and uh, the season 10 premiere of the Holiday Baking Championship at 8. I know Ryan never misses an episode that's on the Food Network. Is that the one that's hosted by Jesse Palmer, oddly? I think so. That's such a weird... <laughs> They just have to justify his salary, I, I guess. guess. I don't know. All right. Very good. That's coming up tonight. Ryan Chell, thank you very much, pal. Had fun. Uh, appreciate your hard work uh, hanging out with us today and last Thursday. And uh, you uh, you were over at 105.7 The Fan sometimes. Yes, tomorrow. And you uh, I'm doing my first Maryland basketball game tomorrow night. Ooh, no pressure. But if you screw up, Johnny Holiday will murder you. <laughs> I know he seems like the nicest guy in the world, but it's weird. That would be like the nicest murderer of all time. No, no. You'll be fine. And um, uh, you you still do Ed Block, yep. right? So we uh, we love Ed Block. Obviously, support uh, Ed Block. What can I plug for Ed Block? Ed Block? Um, nothing right now at the moment. No? There's no we tickets do, we available? Do, we do a weekly podcast. So There you go. Uh, Wally Williams hosts it. Okay. I like Wally. Uh, Wally. Uh, or what's left of Wally at this point. <laughs> when I showed up at the Ed Block Awards to, co-host with uh, Wally Williams I was like where the hell is Wally Williams and then this guy comes are you up Wally's associate he's like he's like hey Glenn I'm like who are you it's Wally what what's the rest of you he did the Matt Burke thing he really did I mean he he's uh, he's looking good um, but yeah I uh, love Ed Block appreciate that and of course you're on Twitter at Rexpex Ryan yes. which sure just go with that Rexpex Ryan is how you follow him on Twitter Thanks today to uh, Jay Gruden. Thanks to Sherry Burris. Thanks also to um, uh, Anthony Mitchell and to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the uh, Oh My God, It's So Good tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow on the program, uh, Tracy Wolfson from CBS will join us tomorrow. We will, of course, do County Sports Zone Radio and talk about a big weekend in the high school playoffs with our friend Wes Brown from County Sports Zone. Our first uh, regular chat with Patrick Stevens. We will get into Maryland because we didn't really do anything Maryland during the college basketball preview, but we will preview their season opener tomorrow night and preview the season for Maryland with Patrick Stevens. And we'll preview Waiver Wire Wednesday with Joe Serpico as well. All that coming up tomorrow. I guess Keaton Mitchell will be... You're throwing all your fab money at this point for a guy that we don't even know what his role is going to be next week. Like, I couldn't even tell you how many carries he's going to get, but in this town, everybody is going to throw their fab money. I had him on my Mitchell. roster two weeks ago, and I dropped him. And oh, then, you aren't alone. Yep, and I'm, not, I'm people, not getting him back. A lot of people who dropped him. He's only available in one of the three leagues that I play in. I think Proctor has him in our league, right? I think that's in the in, – yeah, in that league. I think you're right about that because he has Gus too, so yeah. it makes sense. All right, very good. Thanks to everybody at PressBox. Thanks to all of our sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to uh, Griffin at Griffin Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go all the local hoops teams. Drink some water. Duke sucks. <laughs>